I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. All out of bubblegum. I know, right?
Hello everybody and welcome to Who Will Survive episode 10. This is your old pal Paul here and with me as always is Marco. What's going on? What's up guys? Episode 10, huh? I know, right? Wow. Uh, so the funny thing is that uh, this is the 10th episode of this show, but since starting the show... I've been doing the Friends Till the End one and then our bonus episodes with like interviewing people and stuff. So this is actually yeah. my 20th episode total <laughs> yeah. since I started. That's crazy. So. No, it, it's, it's, it's crazy because we say episode 10, but I'm just like, there's there's more. No, we, can we, we're on only 10. No, we've done a lot more. But yeah, oh, yeah, full, yeah. like episode episodic ones. This is our 10th one. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then yeah. all the bonus ones. So it, it's a fun, man. It's a fun ride. Yeah. So... What we wanted to do here with this 10th episode is we want to kind of, I guess, just have a little bit of mini nostalgia for the past four months slash 10 episodes and four interviews and just kind of pick out a few of our favorite moments. And uh, then since we started with doing a top 10, we figured that we could do another top 10 show this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, I know I had pitched a couple different ideas to you at times of different things to do for number 10. And then it was like, well, let's just get to 10 and see what happens. Yeah. And I think I, I, I like landing back on this because it's fun to do these, these list type shows. Yes. But you don't want to do them too often. So this kind of gives you a good bumper of like when to do it. So maybe when we get to 20, we'll pick another 10 list to do. Yeah. Sounds but, good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess why don't you tell everyone what the the theme of this top ten list is going to be? Because since it was only four months ago, we're not going to redo our top ten horror <laughs> movies. No. So instead of like like a top movie list, right? You came up with the idea of saying, "Hey, give me your top ten icons, horror icons." And at first, I was like, "Okay, cool, not a problem. I can, I don't even have to research. I I just do it. You know, I can write it down, and I'll be ready to go." And then. I started thinking like icons. What the hell did Paul mean by that? You know what I mean? Like, there's so much about uh, uh, making a list of like horror icons, and I'm like, well, what do I do? Do I just put down my favorite characters? What do I, you know? So a lot of thought, and and I had to go through like my whole life of horror movie watching, and also like what icons mean to me and what they mean to the rest of society, right? Um, mm-hmm. And also, but we put a we put a rule on it too. We said. Look, let's make a top 10 list and let's do, you know, each thing or person or whatever horror icon has to be at least in three movies to be considered in this class. Sure. And yeah, man, that was uh, honestly, it was probably more challenging for this list than it was for my top 10 uh, horror movies of all time when we did our episode one. Right. Yeah. See, I just kind of played off of my top 10. And just cherry picked and was like, okay, this one <laughs> is part of a franchise, so I'll take the character from that, and this one yeah, is part of a yeah. franchise. So, but not for everything, but I, I definitely picked a few that way for sure. But there's some stuff that's just undeniable. So yeah, there is, there is, and I, like I said, I, I always um, put a little too much uh, uh, worry into things like o- overthinking, I guess, right? So o- overthinking, like, oh shit, this is, uh, it, I'm hoping this is what Paul means because, right, you know. <laughs> I just don't want to do an A through Z list of like, here's my top 10, you know, horror characters, which is easy to do too, but. Yeah, the the list uh, being minimized to only uh, the stuff that that was in three movies just kind of made a way to simplify it because 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think if you just go by, you know, what's a horror icon, it could be... Really, there's just so much because just anything that was in one movie that you love... You know, like, for example, two movies that you and I love that are standalones would be, like, Turbo Kid or Death Chasm. Right. So do you say, like, well, the kid from Turbo Kid, is he a horror icon because that's one of your favorite horror movies? Or, right. you know, exactly. Brody from Death Chasm, is he a horror icon? Like, and obviously they're not really, but you could pitch that argument if you wanted to. But so this kind sure. of just made it something that had to be a little bit more established, I guess. And just a way to no, simplify it, it so it just knocks a mm-hmm. whole huge chunk of shit right off of the <laughs> the table right away. So it, it absolutely does. And it makes perfect sense because, again, then you start thinking about, OK, let's go back and say, let me put something on here that I deem as a horror icon, but also like what it means to be a horror icon. What is recognizable? What's what's like a household name? How does mm-hmm. it play into society and other people's conversations and other movies and how this this moves back and forth? Right. So th- it's it's a good rule to do if you're if you're doing a list like this, because it is educational and it's refreshing too. Um, not only that we don't have to review a movie, which we love doing because we love watching and discovering movies, but this is also like, hey, let's take a step back and like mm-hmm. like regroup. And then, you know, there could be things that are on its way to becoming like an, like a household name icon, you know? Right. Penny Pennywise is a perfect example. You sure, know? yeah. He's only been on screen twice, but everybody yes. knows the name now because it's so popular, right? So... And it's those things where, yeah, okay, I yeah. can't put that on there because my rule of three right now. So let's go back and let's, uh, let's, uh, let's regroup and let's say, okay, this is, this is, this is cool. You know, uh, a lot more challenging though, but, uh, that's always a good thing too, because if I had my list in 10 seconds, it wouldn't be, it, it just, it'd be kind of boring. You know, it, I'd come here and I'd say, oh, here's my list. Okay. And then, and then you'd be like, all right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I went a little bit simple, but there was a couple. There was a couple I knew I wanted to throw in as just kind of a, a curve from the norm, mm-hmm. I guess, or or just something slightly different. But there was mm-hmm. also just a couple that I had to kind of really think about. Uh, it was kind of like closing the deal, like when we did the other top ten list, where you're like, okay, well, yeah. here's one through five. Now six through ten. I have like 20 movies that could fit into that slot. So. <laughs> and you exactly. start like whittling it down. Okay, well, do I like this one is better than that, but that one is better than that. But, you know, so you start kind yeah. of whittling it down and, and figuring it out. But I think that right. uh, we'll have some similarities for sure and we'll have some differences. And then I also sure. said that uh, instead of having a whole bunch of honorable mentions, we'll just have one, one kind of no rules oddball pick that we could throw in as well. Oh, so. sure. Uh, before we get to that, uh, why don't we reflect a little bit about what we have done? So, uh, the first episode was, I believe it was, it was late November, like 25th, 26th, yeah. something like that. Uh, and so we started with the top 10 list and then we went through and started doing for the most part, two movies, sometimes three, the one, the one movie, one show we did four. Right. Um, was there anything that you had seen that um, I guess you know what were like the favorite movies that you saw of uh, just because of the fact that we were doing this show and you yeah. may or may not have seen them otherwise. Oh, oh, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them that I would have almost glossed over, right? Yeah. Or just or even I guess to well, like maybe something that you had seen before because I know specifically like we we mentioned Deathgasm be something mm. that we covered on the show but you had seen it before but so you know yeah, I guess yeah. what, what would be some of either of our favorite movies that we've covered regardless of for the show or not but 
Oh, sure, sure. Well, one of them that is um, definitely probably going to impact my top 10 list if we ever revisit that again is Raw. Mm-hmm. Raw, to me, is, sure. is still a movie that I just can't uh, stop like sitting there going how, in my mind, in I my know. own opinion, how it's a masterpiece film and it needs to, it needs to be on my top 10. So when I talk mm-hmm. about things and then I go, okay, well, what can I knock off on my top 10, right? So when we revisit that, that's going to be fun to do that. But Raw was surprisingly fun and and the creep movies um the creep movies yeah. i will be quite honest with you i'll quite honest with everybody is like i probably wouldn't have give it the time uh, or give it a chance that needed maybe not right away like um when we did our creep show our uh, two sure. creeps talking about two creeps um yeah that those movies had a great impact um and, and it was like because of it was a word of mouth thing. It's because we're doing the show. So I, I I credit you and the show for some of these movies too because, again, I, I would have just looked at it on Netflix or something and I probably wouldn't have, uh, you know, give it a chance. And when we when we interviewed uh, Chris Hayes from Head Game and I told him, I said, look, a lot of times visuals do a lot of things. And the creep posters and and uh the the cover art didn't do anything for me but like head games did right it caught my mm-hmm. attention and that's a probably a movie that i would have picked out of the bunch and it's like oh yeah i'm gonna watch this because of the of the cover art right you right. know so i'm learning to just kind of go in there and just get in the mood to like okay look i'm gonna i'm gonna watch two movies tonight and it's not be- it's not homework it's just yeah. the fact that you know i get lazy and i get very lazy and complacent in my movie watching because i've I've done this. I've watched so many movies. I, yeah, I've I've forgot about you know a lot of the ones that I've already seen, and, and mm-hmm. this this show helps me bring back the memories. But um, right for the many many years that I've been, I was in uh, movie rental stores, you know, mom and pop stores, renting uh, uh, oddball movies here and there. And you got bur- I got burned so many times. It's just like you know, uh, you, you get very cautious about what you pick and choose, but. I've said it before. We're in a great time for horror movies. The past few years have been amazing. So, um, almost almost everything I've watched has just been A's, you know. But uh, yeah, Raw is going to be definitely. Well, yeah. <laughs> I've seen well, a lot of good you know stuff. But I've seen too? some shit ones too. Yeah, you know, and you know what helps too. And I'm not always at the opinion of like you know taking somebody's word for it if it's a good or a bad movie. But listening to all the other podcasts out there helps me. Uh, with my time because I don't have a lot of time, you know, dedicated mm-hmm. as as when we're youth and youthful and stuff is is to sit and watch all these movies, you know, because you get busy with things. So I do take a lot of sure. um, people's comments and the reviews of movies, and I'm almost like watching it in my head as I'm listening to them. So I I, I learned to appreciate that too, the podcast and other other shows. Yeah, you know? yeah, I'm right there with you on Raw. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe not. I I don't know that I would maybe have it all the way up to a top 10 but definitely just something that i was not expecting to to uh i guess love as much as i did when i watched yeah. it for the first time and i've been I wanting to, to actually rewatch yeah. it and it's something where like i want to rewatch it but at the same time i like i don't i do and don't like i'm afraid that mm-hmm. it will lose something if i rewatch it but at the same time <laughs> i also think it might yeah. gain something if i rewatch it and so yeah. i'm like eh, i'll just i'll watch something else instead should rewatch it with somebody who hasn't seen it then therefore you you tend to reinforce your commitment yeah, to yeah. it you know what i mean like hey this scene check or you know after like oh my god then you could talk about it with somebody who's just seen it for the right. first time or or whatnot then uh i mean 
Yeah, you're right. You don't want to get. You don't want to lose that 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 magic. But hey, sometimes no. it, you're like, well, I thought this movie was good. But yeah, I wasn't so. expecting to to love it as much as I did. I guess for uh, for lack of a better way to phrase it. No, because uh, I 100% really percent with you. Yeah, I um just you know something about it really like stuck with me, and I had even heard you praising it before I got a chance to watch it. Like you saw it and you were like, dude. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude, dude, dude. <laughs> and sometimes I was actually worried that because you said that, that something was going to like go off in my brain. Like sometimes when people, <laughs> not that I don't trust you necessarily, I guess I no, have, I hear you. I, I hear you. Thing where I don't trust humanity in general. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. Somebody says something is good. I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> no, I was, I mean, that's just a, a great movie. I really love that. Um, I would actually reach out to the director of the movie to see if she wanted to talk to us, but I don't think that she would be amazing. English. No, exactly. I was like, it. that would be yes. It, it, sure is. it was a woman, right? It was a woman. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I can't remember before. her name off the yeah. top. I have to dig out my notes from that show, but no, it that that would be that would be kind of cool. But uh, no, man, that. It, I have a hard time too. I get that complacency when someone is boasting about a movie or something. I'm just for like, sure. yeah, whatever. Yeah, in my head, I'll, I'll no. <laughs> the other one for me would be, um, I guess it would be, in in a way, it's from watching Tragedy Girls and reviewing that. Mm. Now, I probably would have seen that anyways because it seems like something that I would like. So I probably would have okay. ended up yeah. watching it regardless of whether we we're doing the show or not. I feel like yeah, there's yeah. enough buzz, and you know, it's got the the girls from the Marvel movies, so it would have been like, oh, let's check right. this out. But um, not just because of that movie, but also because I don't know that I would have found Patchwork if I didn't hear that one, or maybe not as easily have found it. You know, it yeah. might have taken some time, but it was because of the buzz on that, and then somebody was like, oh, have you seen his first movie? And then obviously that transpired into a whole thing of that we ended up, you know, talking to him about the movies. Right, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in a way like we've kind of become known as like the show around the network that was singing the praises of patchwork and now everyone else is watching it so and i love seeing that i and that you know what i will that's a badge of honor because patchwork (laughs) is an amazing movie so you know i'll I'll take that i wish i could remember who i heard saying that they saw the Somebody had referenced it. I'm pretty sure. I can't even remember who, because I listen to so many shows. But sure, sure. Uh, yeah, that was a, a good one. And I, I really loved the creep movies too. I had seen the first one yeah. before the show, and obviously not the second one because it came out right when we did that. But correct. Um, I was only interested in them because of the fact that the main character was in the show The League, and I was a big fan of that show. So that's right. That's right. Hey, so, hey sometimes that's how we find things, right? Yeah. That, and uh, and I know that the creators of Creep, they don't necessarily are in the horror genre like the other people that we've interviewed and stuff that they have written, you know, specific um, horror mm-hmm. movies, and they're going to continue to make horror movies. I don't know if uh, the guys from Creep are going to. You know, I think there is a talks or something rumored of a Creep Three right. um, being in production and stuff, and I'm and I'm hoping because complete that trilogy and like we've talked about that and what we want to see, and I, I'm really looking forward to that. But um, I don't think those guys are like straight up horror uh, creators. Mm-hmm. 
right, you know what right. I mean? Which is also interesting too to to come across these paths where we probably wouldn't have reverse engineered his work to go see Creep. It just happened to be like, right. oh, here it is. Let's watch it. Oh, wait, you know what? This is actually pretty good. Yeah. And then I think another one of the the good moments for both of us really was uh, the the process of finding and reviewing and then the follow-up with Gunwoman because mm-hmm. um, that was really the one that kind of changed our perspective on the podcast in general. Yes. Was, yes. you know, at the, at the time we were kind of bouncing around we're like, let's do old stuff, let's do new stuff, let's do old stuff, let's do new stuff. Right. And then just because of what transpired out of that, it kind of pushed us into like, well, you know, let's chase a little bit more of the, the modern horror and even yes. see if we can you know communicate with some of the people that make movies whether we can talk to them or not or just get some acknowledgement from them or um, yeah but that one really changed a lot because it was just you know like we had explained on the show it was kind of a happy accident we found the movie Mm -hmm. by the title alone (laughs) it really was the only thing yeah and then ended up and you know i had the whole experience of where i didn't really like it and then i watched it again and then i really liked it yeah uh, so that was kind of a cool thing, and then obviously we, you know, talked to the creator of the movie, uh, with you know ourselves and and Bo. Yeah, got to talk and that's to him a perfect, about all that. So yeah, and that's a perfect example of how a show started off on paper as one idea and morphed into what we do today. Right. You know, like it morphed into like reviewing the movies and going out, like kind of going outside the box a little bit, and then actually say, hey, you know what? See if he'll come on the show. See, contact the creator. Uh, see if someone email you back and it's like lo and behold oh my god these guys want to talk they want to promote their movie it's like of yeah. course they do and our show morphed into something i think a little bit different than what we started and i think it's continuously uh morphing into you know something better where now you know we're we're, we're actually going to take into a more of a modern approach maybe not day one but but not obviously not going back oh hey guys let's review you know the thing because you know we just reference it nowadays instead of like going a, a yeah, frame by yeah. frame review of the thing because it's like it, it's it's embedded in everybody's minds anyway yeah and, and I, I think there's still some stuff to mine from the classic eras for sure whether oh it's, yeah um, you reference them more more or less yeah well and 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 even you know shows where maybe you do comparisons like you have mm-hmm. yes a, a comparison a classic show, yes. movie to a modern movie or or some of the lesser known things. I know we had talked about an idea that we haven't really f- ever fully, fully realized of, about like a an 80s slasher show, but taking on some of the, the unknown ones that are good ones, but not as well mm-hmm. known or well talked about or whatever. Like stuff along yeah. those lines, I think is also fun to think of. Or even when we did the, sure. the creature feature movies, like mm-hmm. they're fairly well known, but they're not like the big, big, you know, overcovered movie. So yeah, I think there's definitely stuff to mine out of the classic eras out of the sixties and seventies and eighties and nineties. But I sure. think the, the fun thing is trying to find these newer things that you had referenced the fact that we're in this sort of Renaissance of that. There's so much good stuff coming out. The problem yeah. is that it's hard to really find all that. So there, there's a yeah, lot of stuff there, that it, you might, you might miss for two, three years before you find it, you know? Yeah, I miss things all the time just because I don't subscribe to every video on demand there is. And it's all these exclusives and, and mm-hmm. you know, with, with like Netflix, Hulu, Shudder. And then, of course, the main, you know, theatrical release. And then, and then you know, of course, independent films. And then, 
you know something that you know someone did down the street that's actually taken off you know whatever it's just there's so much of it and you're right it's it's hard to have a checklist and keep up to date mm. with like everything especially like you know in a sense you're in the horror community as being a um you know trying to bring some news and entertainment to people that would that are just love the genre itself it's mm-hmm. it's it's a difficult process and yes you have to cherry pick and you know and you also have to recognize because i have a um you know, sometimes people won't review something because it's too mainstream okay which i think if it's a good product it should still be reviewed you know or it should still be talked about and so i'm like i said i'm in that boat of like um you know for for example it i absolutely loved it and I will I will talk about it forever because I just loved it and I don't really look into like you know oh it's an overuse of the 80s you know genre it's overuse of the, like the Goonies meet Stand by Me uh, you know what I mean like mm-hmm. that kind of that kind of stuff like I still it was still good so let's still talk we can still pull from it but um I thought I probably got off subject there for a second but uh, no, that's alright <laughs> but you know what I mean it it's it we should still pull from the mainstream just like okay. This weekend, I'm going to go see A Quiet Place because I really, really want to see this movie. And the more that I see in the the previews and everything, it seems like it's going to be one of those, you go to the movie theater, and you're just going to get pissed off of everybody around you because they won't shut up. And it's going to be one of those, like, all the young people are going to go see it, you know, but I still have to see it. Yeah. I don't want to not see it because it's popular. Mm-hmm. And at, at the same time, yes, I want to pull gems out of the rough and say, look, this movie never seen a daylight or it, it was shelved in the background and didn't get the love it got. Let's let's talk about this movie too. There's just a lot out there. Yeah, I'm worried about the uh, that new Quiet Place movie I'm going to see this weekend. <laughs> did did I'm you see there's the? There's gonna um, be too many people talking. There's that poster and it said uh, it had like uh, it said S T F U and highlighted, but it said like you know you know terrifying whatever. But it said you know shut the fuck up is the <laughs> acronym for that. So and, and it's <laughs> I thought that was great because nice. it's like you know hey. Because I'm, like, we talked about this. I'm gonna go to theater, but if there's popcorn crunching around me, I'm just gonna get so irritated that I'm. I just want to watch the film, and that's yeah. the worst thing about going to movies these, these days. <laughs> you know I what know. I mean? They should have headphone jacks on the seats, like on airplanes. Oh, that would be great. Be <laughs> that would be great. Make more sense. Bring your own headphones. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> I'm gonna pitch that idea to the Regal Cinemas. Yeah. They'll be you like, just, fuck you. We I just mean, bought seats, optional- bitch. <laughs> These vibrate. What the hell? Now you want headphones? I know. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's been a lot of fun stuff. Um, I really enjoyed doing episode seven when we uh, went back and kind of checked out some of the stuff that we had missed from yes. the previous year. And that was where, you know, we watched Tragedy Girls. and That's when we uh, uh, Raw saw Raw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super Dark Times and uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh, right. that, was, that was fun. And I think that also was cool because that was sort of an experiment in doing like shorter reviews as well which, non-spoiler just kind of running through them yeah, sure which is a, a fun thing to do as well and then all of yeah. the interviews have been just a lot of fun they're to amazing do, whether there's so much fun yeah you know a short one or a long one or whatever and you know even the last one that i'm still pissed off because of the audio issues <laughs> but it was still like just that the actual conversation itself was so great that yes I didn't want to lose that information. You're right. And uh, and the one point that I want to say off that, Paul, is that you, you said something in the last interview that mm-hmm. I caught as I was listening back. You said because of physical copies going away, the you know Blu-rays and DVDs is, is going to be a thing of the past. We're going to lose this 
um, a little bit of intimate conversations that we have in the DVD content with the commentaries or the behind the scenes or the right. um, d- what's it called the uh, little uh, tidbits that you get here and there with this it, what like what we're getting out of these interviews and we're o- making and these guys are opening up to us as far as like this is how we did and this is the troubles we went these movies almost didn't get made because of this it gives you a little bit of an insight of like oh wow you know what it this is that's a that's a different approach on why they would either do this scene or add these characters or digital versus practical effects. Yeah, you know, yeah. these are the things that we're going to be losing. We're going to be losing that in the future mm-hmm. because it's going to become, you know, too expensive to produce those things. So I'm, like I said, thrilled that the interviews are, um, you know, coming to us and also people are enjoying them. And you're right, that content like you said, we had some technical issues on the last one, but the content was preserved. the The information was preserved there, mm-hmm. and which is good, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I felt like, especially that one, he had kind of a cool story about mm-hmm. how they made the movie and a cool perspective on a lot of it and stuff. And not that anyone else hasn't. I mean, you know, just in the four people that we've interviewed thus far, there's been kind of different stories of how everyone made it to right. where they are and all that stuff. So that's that's definitely cool. <laughs> Uh, definitely keeping up with that theme and trying to find some more stuff. We have some potential ones, but nothing yes. is a hundred percent confirmed yet. So we'll keep everyone posted. We can't posted say on just that. yet. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, well, have you uh, have you been able to check out anything new recently? Any? Uh... Um, Santa Clarita Diet season two oh, on yeah. Netflix. I uh, I don't I know you haven't seen. I don't think you've seen the first season, correct? Uh, no, I don't watch anything that's in series form. So. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I I started watching that and I'm started to watch Black Mirror. Um, I'm late to the game on Black Mirror, so um, so I'm getting in. I'm getting into those. So okay. Maybe maybe one day you could check out some cliff notes of Santa Clarita Diet. It's it's fun. It's not as like a slow burn. Yeah. Like I've, you're worried about like a lot of things. So I've heard a lot it's, of it's, talk it's about it. Yeah. I know it's definitely fun, um, and it's. It's not so much like I've I've said before that I only keep up with The Walking Dead because I started it when I was yeah. watching a lot of TV shows and it's like the only thing that some of my family actually still gets together and watches sometimes. So I've kept, right, yes. kept that as a thing. But it's more about the time than whether it's slow or fast or any pacing or mm-hmm. anything. It's right. Like, well, okay, that's the so... great thing about Netflix. It's all here. You know, here here's season two. Watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know. But it's, you know, how, I don't know how many episodes or how long they are. So. I think, I think uh, the first one was only like eight episodes or something like that. And I think they're an hour long. Yeah. I, I just started the season two. So I don't know. Honestly, I didn't even, I, I can't remember how many episodes. I think about the same. So. Yeah. See, I could watch like six movies in that time. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But no, this is, but it's it's fun because it's just <laughs> like an, uh, you know, it's just an ongoing, like a. Yeah. Breath of fresh air every once in a while to watch something. Oh, like that. for sure. It doesn't because that show doesn't take itself serious at all. You know, there's a right. lot of comedy in it. You know, and then and its course is just like, whoa, they went there. You know, it's it's just fun. And uh, yeah, Walking Dead, of course, I'm on it every Sunday. So yeah, well, that's I've been all over the place with the stuff I've been watching, which has been lighthearted and silly and depressing as fuck. Yeah, and everything in right. between. Um, I did see a movie that came out last year called Dave Made a Maze. Which yes, was it was listed under horror movies on Hulu, I think. Which okay. is it's probably not very horror. I don't know. It's it's weird because it's like a, a psychedelic labyrinth kind of movie. 
So there okay. is, there's like some horror-ish elements to it, but it's really not a horror movie. Gotcha. Uh, super lighthearted, super fun, super, super creative movie. Um, I did talk a little bit to the filmmaker about it and we're working on maybe trying to work out something to talk, but we'll see how yes. that goes. Uh, that cool. was another one of those movies that I saw it and I'm like, this is fucking so brilliant i need to speak to the person that made this if at all possible even just for a minute to like ask him yeah. some questions well that's that's so. how i felt about savage land yeah <laughs> i thought savage land was a absolutely brilliant film uh, but yeah dave made a maze is awesome if you uh cool i will if you check out the trailer for anyone listening if they haven't heard of it just watch the trailer and that kind of gives you a pretty good perspective or the trailer kind of gives some of it away but it's not really it's not really that much of a mystery of what happens in the movie. It's like the guy yeah. makes a, a cardboard fort house kind of thing in his living room. Uh, he's like the struggling artist dude, and he makes this this cardboard fort in his living room. It's like a, a pretty elaborate looking thing, but it's still you know yeah. like a seven by seven thing. But <laughs> that's awesome. He's inside, and his girlfriend comes home, and she's like, "Just come out, or like knock it down, or whatever. I'll I'll cut the side open." And he's like, "No, it's not." what you think it is it's much bigger in here it's like this whole this this whole like other dimension basically opened up inside of it and so when the people actually go inside it's like a labyrinth world but everything is made out of cardboard in the world yeah but that's awesome like super high level artistic cardboard art <laughs> right right oh man uh but yeah that's just like a, a ton of fun i watched it a couple times just to kind of take in the whole thing there and oh. I, I finished up the whole series of hatchet movies one through four now because the new okay. one just came out yeah and uh, i let my kid watch them because i'm a bad parent <laughs> and he, he really liked yeah. it a lot too so i mean it's yeah it's probably some of the most intense violence he's seen but it's all pretty slapstick in that movie it's like not quite as slapstick as turbo kid but it's you know, right close enough maybe we could maybe we could do a review on the hatchets one t on the hatchet anthology i guess yeah one time because i have mixed reviews on that mm -hmm. like mixed feelings on all that on, on that series uh yeah that was a ton of fun and i just watched the movie terrifier that just came out oh, to right. VOD and everyone's kind of been buzzing a little bit about on the uh, in the horror community. It was pretty right. cool. I want to see it again to kind of uh, take everything in because I wasn't sure exactly what to expect. If, and I, I liked it a lot and then it gets like really gory pretty quickly in it. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. And I, I think I wasn't like expecting it to be so massively gory i didn't i never saw the other ones that the same guy made and i guess he's actually like a special effects artist and stuff so okay when i saw that i was like oh okay well that makes sense why makes sense. there's yeah right <laughs> so much practical violence in it but uh yeah it was pretty cool uh especially if you're i guess freaked out of clowns it's you know, a killer clown yeah clowns thing, don't so. bug me at all yeah, it doesn't like, bother me i don't get the the uh this why people are afraid of clowns i don't get it oh and then i i posted on our instagram about this if uh if anyone's not following the instagram page i i try to as often as possible put little mini movie suggestions a few times a week or once a day if i have them mm -hmm. but somehow by pure coincidence not because i'm known at all or anything that shutter picked me as somebody to review this movie that's coming to shutter nice um i don't know why or anything like that i I have no previous history of like talking to anyone at Shutter or anything like that. I think they just randomly picked some of their members and sent out emails. Sure. Uh, so it was this movie Downrange 
which was made by the same director that made Midnight Meat Train. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. I have not seen it, but I've, I know a lot about it. I know, and um, this is the one you said that you premised that it's, it's like a sniper uh, terrorizing. Yeah, He's broken down uh, he, people he, on the side of the road or something. He pins down people on like this desert highway, yeah. and they're pretty much stuck behind the car. And if they come out, he like shoots them pretty much. So yeah, cool. And of course, you know, other shit happens and things interfere, and you know, it wouldn't be a movie if it was just an hour and a half of them sitting behind the car and nothing else <laughs> happened. But uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. I've seen it, movies like that. <laughs> it was just cool yeah. that like they sent. It was just an email, and they said, you know, we picked huh. some of our members to check out this movie and it had a link that you had to watch it from that and then it said to fill out uh if you could fill out a survey afterwards then they'd give you a free month or whatever like they would pay for oh nice which is only five dollars anyways but right yeah but still uh, i mean that's no i've never heard of them doing something like that so that's pretty cool so yeah i just i watched it off of the link the one night and then i filled out the survey which you could tell they put in stuff where they asked you specific so they knew if you actually watched the fucking movie too Ooh. Right, if you were paying yeah, attention yeah. or if you were on your phone, I was like, fuck, I'm glad I wasn't on my phone that much. <laughs> Sometimes I only like half watch some shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So, I was like, fuck, it almost got me. But I actually got all the questions <laughs> right. Some of it was like, what did you like and not like about the movie? And some of it was like, mm -hmm. how did, you know, thing one happen to person number two? Right. I'm like, I don't want to say anything specific, but... I, oh, I hear you. It, was this a, a Shudder original, or is this a... Uh, yeah, it was... Okay. I think, you know, none of the, the Shudder exclusives, or whatever the fuck they call them, uh, it's not like with Netflix, where they're like, here, we'll give you a bunch of our Shudder money that we have piles and piles of, like, Netflix to go make a movie. Um, gotcha. They're just buying pre-existing shit off of people that's it's exclusive made. to be shown on there right okay. yeah so it's Got not it. on any other yeah. streaming services so cool man you were part of the test audience then mm -hmm. that's what it seems like uh yeah so watch for that one it was uh called downrange but it's pretty cool it's an hour and a half uh definitely had a very like nihilistic kind of dark view mm -hmm. uh wasn't wasn't a feel-good movie at all so, no okay um uh, not like uh oh this is this is happy and lighthearted. <laughs> so, no, it's pretty cool though. That's and awesome. I think you know, there's a bunch of other shit I watched in between, but I've been watching a ton of stuff lately. Yeah, it's nice to watch movies and not have to take notes. Yes, yes, that's why. That's why this episode, doing it <laughs> this way, it was like kind of refreshing because I, I get into panic mode and I go, wait a second, I, I was I was I supposed to watch something? Because what I'll do is I'll go on the computer at home or or, or uh, you know on demand on TV or whatever and try to find it and so mm. I can. We can do this, prepare, and have something to say about it, you know. But yeah. No, it was this was kind of refreshing because this was this going doing a list like this with the top four icons. It but it had to you had to use your memory and you had to go back and like, all right, this is cool. I can I can start remembering things and and putting another list together. So. Yeah. You know, no, every everybody should do this. Everybody should do this. Really, it's it's a good practice. Sure, sure. And uh, obviously, you know, we're only ten episodes into doing this t show, so. We're still kind yeah. of evolving the way that we review the movies and the way that we take our notes. Yeah. And I've been leaning more towards watch the movie two times and take less notes as opposed mm. to watch it once and take like seven pages of notes. And then when I do those reviews, yeah. then I feel like I'm just reading my notes back for the whole show. No, I hear you. I'd rather have it in my head. <laughs> yeah. Just watch it like two solid watches, you know, pretty much just focus, watch the movie, don't do nothing else. Yeah. Maybe have some snacks or whatever, but. Sure. I definitely mix all of my snacks just to make uh, make Johnny mad. 
our friend Sergeant Bananas. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, um, oh, before we Oreos and yeah. yeah. Right. Before we take a break, uh, I, I wanted to shout out Johnny on our show too. Yes. Uh, I know we have some Star Wars fans, and if I you hope so. happen to buy the Blu-ray release for The Last Jedi, which just came out, you can go mm-hmm. on StarWars.com and you can print out uh, custom covers, which is uh, toy photography by a friend of ours named Johnny Wu, aka Sergeant Bananas on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, he has been doing stuff for Hasbro and some other toy companies for a while as far as doing toy f- pictures. And I know you know people that see our posts see that I do toy pictures and like right my stuff is basically garbage compared to the stuff that he does <laughs> like he's he's that you know super is, legit yeah yeah he is the at the top you know he won't tell you this what we will yeah he's the top <laughs> he's he's you're not going to in my opinion you're not going to get anything better that's out there and for starwars.com and lucasfilm to go to his house film him do an interview with him and actually take i think there is three shots they use from him and one shot from another guy yeah and you go and it's on starwars.com you can print out and you can replace your dvd cover of last jedi with his prints and those prints are legit guys i'm telling and you they're just, and it's free too you don't have to pay anything and you it's just free. gotta print it out so exactly so it's great to have somebody that you know that we're affiliated with also but also to mm-hmm. give him his recognition he needs because again he won't he's he's too modest you know he's too, he won't he won't go out and say it so we're gonna do it for him and yeah i on my show i gave him a bunch of praise because i thought that was star wars news you know what i mean he actually made star wars news sure that was great yeah so yeah check that out um i'm not sure um what the the actual like link or whatever. But if you go on starwars.com and you search for like it's La- on the last Jedi Blu-ray covers. Yeah. Or I'm sure yeah. It's it right there on the front page of it, easily. you know? Mm-hmm. So check him out on Instagram and see all the other awesome shit that he does. That's non star Wars related too. So yes. All right. Well, we're going to take a break here and then we'll come back and we'll get into the first half of our top 10 horror icons.
Hey, I am the wisdom of the fallen. I'm the youth. Hey, I am the greatest. Hey, this is the proof. Hey, I work hard, pray hard, pay dues. Hey, I transform with pressure. I'm hands on with effort. I fell twice before. My bounce back was special. Let downs will get you. And the critics will test you. But the strongest survive. Another scar may bless you. I don't give up. No, no. No, no. Don't give up. No, no, no. Nah. Don't give up. Okay, we're back. We are going to talk about the bottom five of our top ten horror icons. Uh, I guess bottom five is the way you would refer to it. Sure. The uh, now, ten through six. Yeah, ten through six, and you. Uh, I think we had we had the discussion. I'll just briefly, you know, kind of like set the premise here is like how I approach the list and how you approach the list, mm-hmm. right? Um, I. Well, you did like a, a, a one through ten, and you probably went linear down the line of, and then picked yeah, like right. your the most influential to the least least of the top ten influential. I did it. I I had a hard time doing that because I felt like I was not doing it justice. So what I did is I made categories of I did ten different categories, but I'm not, I mean I'm not going to sit there and you know give do the rundown the list. I'm just going to you know match your ten with like you know a category of mine that's like least favorite to the most favorite kind of deal but just because there's so much out there and, and i wanted to do it real justice i wanted to i put a lot more thought than i actually should have i guess okay. in this list so um so and i'll try to explain as i go so my if i if i go into order it might not be the oh here's my number 10 my number nine eight i'm just going to go with like okay it's almost like academy award categories right yeah here's yeah. film editing to best picture Best right. picture being number one, and I'll get to the meat of that. So well, that's how I approached it. So that can actually work, anyways, because the way that we're going to approach this list is, as far as the discussion part, is mm-hmm. that we're going to mention our our thing, and then um, our our thing is in our icon, not our thing is in our dicks, unless that's <laughs> iconic. I know mine's definitely not iconic. In my head, it is. Uh, <laughs> not yours. Not yours, though. Mine. <laughs> right. I mean. Um, yeah. We will uh, just kind of say why it is that we find this iconic or what makes it special to us or something. So, right. uh, you know, okay. obviously if we reference something that's an iconic character, like a Freddy, Michael, Jason, Chucky, whatever, we're not going to be like, oh, let's talk about all the Friday, right. the 13, all the Child's Play movies, whatever. It's just, you know, what a, right. what is it that we love about each character or thing? So that could kind of work because your description of what your feelings are is going to be kind of based on what segment you put it into so yes yes uh good so who goes first uh we didn't really establish that ahead of time um i'll go it doesn't matter okay if you want me to so then uh we'll end with you okay okay um so again i did mine in categories right so out of the of the 10 categories i wrote down i, I wrote down a category of horror items 
items meaning you know a knife from this person a mask from this person right so i had um i had a few things on there i had the necronomicon and i had freddy's glove as a like a, an iconic horror piece that you would talk about and always like you would see you know on, of course on halloween time everybody dresses freddy something that's like, like the coolest item meaning uh, uh, okay know, Freddy, Freddy's weapon is more iconic than Jason's weapon. It's more iconic than I think any any killers or any slasher movie mm-hmm. or iconic weapon. I think I think Freddy's glove, you know, is is essentially like the horror weapon that you would choose. I, you know, this is again my opinion. So that beats as as an icon for me in that category as items. Okay. And that, again, that's how I approach my list now, and, and we'll get to the characters and all that stuff later. But I think it was important to to kind of separate that a little bit. Yeah, I like the. I, I agree with you that his glove is kind of super synonymous. I mean, you know, obviously yes. you have like Leatherface has the chainsaw, and Jason mm-hmm. has the mm-hmm. machete and whatever. But they also are frequently, you know, using other weapons like Leatherface has sledgehammer and the hook and the whatever other shit yeah. he uses. Well, you can't have the Freddy's glove without Freddy, so you're insinuating like Freddy right. being such an iconic horror character as, as it is, his glove is synonymous, yeah, it's a good synonymous point. with him. You know what I mean? So it's Yeah, there's like, nobody else that really does that where right. there, there's a million movies with a machete or a chainsaw or whatever. So Exactly. That's also a very good point. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's good. Cool. Uh, my number 10 is Herbert West. Okay. Um, there is technically three reanimator movies, but I'm basing this almost entirely on the first reanimator movie. The first one. Yeah. I th- I think that uh, his character is is iconic in horror because he plays sort of this weird mad scientist that's super serious, but in a way funny to us where like you're almost laughing at him because he doesn't <laughs> laugh yes. at anything kind of th- you know so. <laughs> right. Um. And then obviously he did end up carrying over into three other movies, uh, but yeah, just the Reanimator movie itself is so great, and then it works so well with his kind of cold sociopath type of vibe, based on yeah. everyone else's very emotional tact to handling everything, and it's just you know a great uh, mad scientist kind of. Yep. Uh, modern day frankenstein if you will character so. yeah and look at the influence lenses on the on the beyond the uh you know, like the reanimator movies mm-hmm. um e- even even the movie patchwork mm-hmm. look at look at what the inspiration was herbert west was in the direct inspiration for their mad scientist in that movie right you know what i mean so yeah that's that's great because again you have to look at an icon being okay yeah it's great in your mind but also how much influence did it have in the real world too? Right. How how in the pop culture world, you know, that's that's a good way of approaching things too. So, and of course, uh, uh, that character is used over and over. But again, I I, I think that Reanimator started it. Oh yeah, yeah. You know. Uh yeah. So that's my number ten would be Herbert West from the three Reanimator movies. Cool, cool. Um, so in another category of mine, I chose uh locations. So, for example, Haddonfield from Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Amity Island from Jaws. But Camp Crystal Lake is the essential location of horror iconic scenes. Right. That is something where you can go into someone's house and say Camp Crystal Lake and they'll go, oh, yeah, Friday 13th movies. It's, it's just, you know, it's just like it's so recognizable, right? It's so like out there oh, yeah. as 
an icon, a horror iconic scene. You know, the, people have uh, recreations of it. I think there was a place, I don't know if it was Michigan or Wisconsin, they actually uh, uh, made a you know lake and they actually put a, a statue of Jason underneath it, you know, tied to the chain oh, where scuba yeah, divers can find him. So, have you seen that? I forget where that was. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's it's something back there, but uh, mm. it, it's so you know it, without having a icon status of a location like that, that stuff like that would have never been made. Absolutely, you know what I mean. It's and and well, the, the and of crazy course, thing yeah. about Crystal Lake is that it was it's never the same twice in any movie, right? But still, everyone knows it as a thing. Correct. And it's just Correct. one of those things where you're like, oh, that body over there of water? Yep, that's Crystal Lake in this movie now. And you're like, well, exactly. what the fuck? It's like a whole different... It doesn't even, even look remotely the same as the last movie. They're like, nope, that's that's Crystal Lake now. Jason's down nope. there. There's a the sign. The Don't you see the sign? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Then exactly. they change the fucking name and then they change it back. But it's still fucking always Crystal Lake, you know? Exactly. And it's also got a death curse. So. Right. You know, you right. can't go wrong so again, with that. Location was was a theme, like like my, my Academy Award mm-hmm. uh, content uh, uh, category. You know, what's the you know Academy Award for best location in yeah. a horror movie? Ah, Crystal Lake. So that's yeah. Well, I love the uh, the way that again being an iconic place. I'm sure it wasn't the first movie to be a slasher in the woods at a at a summer camp. You know, picking off counselors. Right. But it definitely was one of the most popular ones and influenced a whole bunch of shit i mean now oh it, so many it movies grew. take place in the woods and have kind of the stalking yeah person the slasher the killer whatever so yes. it definitely had a huge influence on the, the future of horror too from that whole thing yes absolutely um i um i know the original one is a boy scout camp in new jersey now Oh, really? Like the actual location of the first movie, which is probably the best right, looking yeah. lake, too. Yes. Uh, some of them were like on a fucking soundstage and stuff, so like some of them weren't even real. <laughs> but, I know, uh, I know. Yeah, they do a thing once a year, I'm pretty sure, where oh, that'd you can be awesome. go and, and tour it. And there was one that we looked at. It was, it was pretty fucking expensive, but it also had something to do. It was like some special thing. So I think there's like a cheaper version of it that you can do. The one mm-hmm. we were looking at was like hundreds of dollars, but it was some like VIP yeah. thing and you fucking camp overnight there and all this shit. Like, yeah. You really get stalked. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually no. <laughs> a Jason there that's reenacting it. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I was like, man, an, an icon doesn't necessarily have to be a character because it's like. Well, the the lake itself is a character. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's got the death curse. You know, this is where it all started. This is where, and it's like, man, I can't, I can't talk about, I cannot talk about horror movies without talking about like, you know, Crystal Lake, Friday the 13th movies. Yeah, right. Because you will reference, even if you're trying to talk about Friday the 13th in general, mm-hmm. you're going to reference the lake, you know, and everybody knows that it's kind of important to the franchise. Absolutely. All right. My uh, number nine horror icon is the Ghostface Killer. From Scream One, Two, Three, and okay. Four. Absolutely. Uh, definitely a modern day horror icon. I mean, you know, the first mm-hmm. one was in the mid '90s, but carried over into the 2010s or whenever. I don't know when the fourth one was, but well, uh, but I mean, just just that it's another one of those things that image alone. Whether yes. people have seen one movie or they seen two or they don't know, you know, they haven't seen any of them. They're like, oh, that's the thing from Scream or from Scary Movie. And I can't, yeah, scary movie. I can't remember, Paul. Maybe this needs to be researched or whatever. Was that mask made for that movie, or was that taken from something else? I, I think that it like, was just like a generic Halloween mask. I'm pretty sure. Okay, 
Because I remember, I mean, honestly, when that movie came out, it was in every Halloween store. It was in, you know, everybody still to this day dresses, you know, as a scream goes. Oh, yeah. It was such a simple costume. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe maybe it was something that was just kind of like picked off the shelf and then became iconic with the movies. I'm pretty sure that it was just a a store-bought thing. Okay. All right. And then just kind of became an icon in its own. Yeah. And, I mean, I referenced the scary movie things where they had the the fucking funny version of it uh, <laughs> yeah, the I, high version the, but i think yeah. that that it almost solidifies you as an icon status if there's a spoof about your movies or your character you of know? course so of course yes if yes. there's a whole oh, oh franchise of parodies yeah. that are centered around <laughs> your character being one of the characters then see one day paul we're gonna do that and and i did text you about it but there's also a movie called saturday the 14th which is a spoof movie after you know it's like the comedy oh, right, movie right. the day after yeah uh, so we're we're definitely gonna have to kick, you know hit one of those spoof movie days yeah and uh, I think the the actual character itself is is iconic because uh, you know not to spoil any of the movies but it's a different <laughs> person every time that's yes. under those so it's not about it's not a Freddy or a Jason or something where it's the same person basically You're right. all the time but you right it's more just um, that. That blank white face and the and the black robe. Yeah, it's more like the image became an icon mm-hmm. versus the person behind it. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which well, I think cool. is kind of a cool idea too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> and um, a bunch of those movies are good. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so crazy um, about the third one. But. No, I I um I don't know. I have a love hate relationship with Scream because I I think I've said this before. That's the that's the era of the pretty people taken yeah. and Hollywood taken or even though Wes Craven was all over that I just right. feel I don't know it just it, it started a, a trend yeah. that kind of got abused well, you know one so. of these days we'll have to cover the fourth movie because I saw it once and I remember that I really really liked it uh, and it gets a lot of mixed reviews like a lot of people really like it and a lot of people dislike it yeah so we'll have right. to find right. a way to well that's always good review we'll have to find a way to cover that one someday because I yeah. haven't seen it again and I feel like there's it's one of those, uh, I mean, it's in true Scream fashion, but they go over the top with some of the meta self-awareness in it, so. <laughs> exactly. Not quite to, like, a family guy level, but, you know, still pretty yeah. funny, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, my next category here would be the the eighth category, and this is not necessarily um, a monster. This is almost like um, uh, real-life horror icons, Okay. which is... You know what I did is like okay, fictional writers, producers, stuff like that. Um, and I had uh, you know Stephen King takes the cake as a horror icon because he's Stephen King. You know mm-hmm. um, how can how can you not ha- put him in the category even with fictional characters? You know what I mean? How can you not put Stephen King in there? Right. Um, the guy is. We wouldn't have a lot of these movies without him, and I know that. You know, and I don't get a lot of people that don't like him. I really don't get it. I didn't, I said, did you really read his books? I mean, really? I so. have not read his books. But you like him, right? Yeah, I like a lot of his movies for sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I, again, one of my my categories is like non movie horror icon, which is Stephen King. My favorite Stephen King, my favorite work that he's ever done is his acting as Jordy Verrill in Creepshow. <laughs> Yeah, the the, the meteor guy. <laughs> That's the thing about he tried to do this, um, <laughs> especially in the '80s. You know, he was always he had a cameo in almost every movie he did, or that was based on his movies. Uh, he always did a cameo. You know, um, 
sleepwalkers he was in there you know like he always was in the background somewhere but that was like one of his major roles that he've ever done as an actual you know a, a whole a whole story yeah. of steve King. yeah he was he was like um was it scarce scarily great on it i guess or uh <laughs> uh so good he was bad yeah i don't know yeah it's one of those so bad he was where good. it's it's <laughs> it's so terrible that it's fun to laugh at how shitty it is. that's what i'm saying that's yeah. what i think that would is so bad it was good yeah yeah but no, I, I I agree with you as far as a horror icon. I mean, mm-hmm. how much stuff wouldn't you have without him? And then how much yeah. stuff was inspired by shit that you wouldn't have because of him? So, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he has a lot of shit, but he also just has a lot of stuff in general. So yeah, if you go, oh they well, were interviewing- he, he made five hundred books, but he has. <laughs> 250 fucking great ones well that's what it is um i saw an interview with him and uh george rr martin and uh george rr martin told him it's like dude how can you just like in one year come out with three novels and even stephen king's he says well they're not all good (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's like he's like he goes i might i might do three books in a year i said but it's that fifth book i did every third year that will become a hit Right. You know what I mean? And that, and he even admits it. And he goes, I just, you know, sometimes I just have these these thoughts, and these stories I want to get down. I said, they're not all, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just masterpieces. And I get that, sure. too. Yeah. I, I've read some Stephen King books or, or even some short stories on Stephen King. And I was just like, that's Stephen King? Really? He did that? That was bad. Mm-hmm. You know, that or that had nothing to, you know, he just didn't put any effort into it. But, you know, you can always hit home runs. But he has a lot of home runs. Yeah. That's, that's the thing, so. Right. What's the metaphor about, uh, you know, you you won't hit 100% of the pitches you don't swing at or some fucking shit like that? Oh, yeah. So, oh, God. Something yeah. along those lines. Basically, you gotta, yeah. you got to swing at some pitches if you want to hit a home run. Correct. But you're not going to hit them all. Right. Uh, yeah, and, you know, his movies and everything have been talked about so much, and he has so many classic things that are collaborated with other people, and... Yeah, uh, you know, I think um, some stuff that whether it's super closely adapted or not super closely adapted to things that he made, some stuff that's you know people's favorite yeah. movies of all time. So, well, there's there's this um, debate whether like there's a there's a debate whether movies pre Sleepwalkers were straight A movies, movies post Sleepwalkers were just like the garbage. And okay. I don't know if it was the filmmakers that were grabbing his stuff, mm-hmm. you know, because he doesn't make the movies. He's just you know he he helps with the screenplay and whatnot but uh right i remember because i used to go see every stephen king movie adap- adaption in the theater and sleepwalkers was the my it was that pivotal point where like this is a bad movie a great book bad movie but pre that you know carrie christine kuja all those movies are fantastic they're so good mm-hmm. um but after that it was like what happened needful things horrible you know um it's just yeah yep yeah that's uh that's tough to say what happened right well, sure, there's, there's sure. been a little bit of a rebound where people have been making well, better versions of his shit now. So there you go. It's it's back again. It went it, it did another 180, and mm-hmm. now we're back to like, oh shit, these are good Stephen King ad- adaptions now. Yeah. Right. Nice. Uh, all right. My this is my only sort of abstract, not one particular person thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number eight is uh, well, I wrote it down as Romero zombies. Or you could say slow, oh. slow moving slash shuffling zombies, right. or <laughs> undead zombies. 
yeah, uh, yeah. to me that's my favorite is uh, basically the portrayal of like what the walking dead has or dawn yes. of the dead or yes. day of the dead those you know something died and then came back to life as an undead thing and wants to eat human flesh and it moves slowly and doesn't understand mechanics and physics doesn't know how to fucking build pyramids to climb over walls <laughs> and doesn't know how to use yeah, tools right. and shit doesn't yep. run at superhuman speeds like all that shit's fine the the whole you know rage virus and fast zombies and whatever sure. of course that's that's definitely terrifying as well but oh that's terrifying but it's more like a hybrid zombie yeah to me i like the thing that died and then came back as a reanimated corpse so yeah perfect and I'm a hundred percent on board with you. I like slow zombies. Yeah, and I don't think that he. And I don't know if he was numbers. the first person to make that a thing or whatever, but he's obviously the first person to kind of make it a popular thing. So yeah, there, he he did the one that was um, yeah, because there were there were essentially zombies before that because the last man on the earth was uh, the Vincent Price movie, mm-hmm. which. But but the people outside talked and they had personalities and they would call out names. But they were essentially zombies, you know. They came out right. at night. And, you know, it was it was a weird kind of hybrid. But George Romero perfected it. Perfected the yes, yeah, the zombie monster, if you will. Yeah, and then that also enables me to encompass Bub into yeah. the uh, horror icons because <laughs> yeah. he's only in one movie. But goddamn, he's a oh my god, icon. that's awesome. So you're right. You're a hundred percent right. I love it. Yeah, Bub's awesome. Yes. Bubba. Yep. Uh, we just got to see that in the theater, too. I know. I'm so jealous that you have those theaters out where you're. I'm sure they're out where I'm at, too, but I have to find them and travel them because, again, L.A. probably has tons of those kind of, um, you know, movie theaters that'll show, you know, like Night of Living Dead or something and, and Dolby Sound, all that stuff. And Right. But yeah. uh, who wants to go to L.A.? I don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's cool that uh, the guy that does that locally, it's it's about 10 times a year, I want to say, that he does it. Because they take off a couple cool. months here and there, mostly in the summer. And, yeah. And uh, when it is going, it's once a month. And so I managed to make it to most of them. But sometimes I just can't. It's cool. like on a Thursday night, so if there's some other shit going yeah, on, yeah, yeah. I can't make it. But Right. But yeah, I've made it to a bunch of them. And the cool thing about that, too, is, as we've discussed before a bunch of times, that I haven't seen a bunch of the classics because I didn't grow up as like this lifelong horror fan. So mm-hmm. when he has some of these screenings of classic movies, it's like, oh, shit, well, I've never seen that. Now here's a good chance for me to actually see the movie. So Perfect. there's a bunch yeah, of shit make that I've got to see you know? for my first time. So. That's great. That's That's great. We'll have to do that. We'll have to do a list of stuff like that where, like, what is the... Uh, movies that Paul and me have seen that have been out forever that you just see now. Like, you right. just saw it. You know, yeah. and it's like, it, it will shock the shit out of a lot of people. Like, what? You're just seeing that now? Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. There's a bunch. <laughs> well, that's, I just, uh, I just watched Prom Night for the first time. Yeah, I know. I saw that. I was like, man, that was something where I was like, I don't know, eight or nine years old when that came out. And I'm, I'm loving that movie, especially Prom Night 2. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did say that I, I distinctly remember the intro. But then I don't remember anything yeah. else. So. I probably saw that when I was really little, and I was like, "Nope, I'm like <laughs> fuck this movie. Let's go play outside, guys." <laughs> exactly. I was like, that's "I have just... a lot of those movies." Yeah. I, I, the The funny thing is, we probably went to go play in an abandoned building after that <laughs> intro. <laughs> Something more. I was like, "Fuck exactly. this. This is too scary. Let's go play in an abandoned building and see if one of us can fall out the window like that kid in the intro of Prom Night." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. Uh, oh man okay so what am i on seven uh Uh, yes sir (laughs) okay so um going again with the my themes i put personality as a as a category 
Okay. And the personality is, for example, the Crypt Keeper. He's a person. He's a horror icon personality, right? But my, I think everybody's personality would be Elvira. Elvira is a horror icon classic. She is the epitome of bad horror movies, cr- uh, creature features. Everybody knows who she is, and right. and without Elvira, I wouldn't have seen them. I wouldn't have seen you know the mole people. I wouldn't have seen these. You know these these even the classics that aren't not Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman. These are the other stuff. You know the giant tarantulas, the the scorpion, those kind of movies. Wow. Elvira put that out there, and she had fun with it. And of course, you know uh, that's Elvira. You know, right. Up. So yeah, personality category is to me as as a horror icon is Elvira definitely. Nice. Uh, yeah. See, that's that's one of those things that me not having this long history, I didn't watch all the stuff with with her attached to mm. it as you know, the host of TV programs or anything like that. So sure. And, and she's in, she does, she is in two movies, but mm-hmm. I picked hers because, you know, again, she's, she's the icon. She's in a lot more movies than people think, but she's more influential in a lot more movies than just three, but she has, sure. um, you know, her mistress of the dark and Elvira's haunted Hills, which was haunted Hills was bad, but mistress of the dark is still one of my classic favorites, uh, to even watch it. It still holds up. I love that movie. It's funny. And it's, it's just it's just one of those tongue-in-cheek movies. And again, um, she's awesome to look at, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know about now. I haven't seen her lately. I don't know how she oh, is uh, these days. Probably not uh, too bad of what yeah, makeup, right. I guess. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number seven was uh, just kind of brought up earlier. It is Victor Crowley from the Hatchet franchise. Yes, okay. Um, to me, I... I I guess have it in a little bit higher of a regard as far as him being iconic. Uh, now, mm-hmm. you know, just the fourth movie came out, but those movies were some of the ones that I had gotten gotten into when I was really starting to get into horror, at least, you know, kind of the beginning of okay. that franchise. Uh, yeah. I think actually the third one had just come out at the time that I had discovered them. And so being a new fan and then seeing those type of movies where they're really these crazy fun movies and everybody dies and everyone's ripped into pieces and there's guts and blood and balls hanging from a tree and it's got all these fucking horror icons that I don't even know are in the movie. All these like iconic actors and I'm like, who's that guy? Oh, wow. That was a guy that played Jason and that motherfucker played Leatherface. Yeah. 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 There was like all these different people in all the movies and uh, uh, the, the movies themselves were great. And then just this character of Victor Crowley kind of ignited this sort of hybrid franchise long nemesis that keeps coming back from the dead type of thing. Right. Like like kind of a modern Another day Jason. Jason Leatherface, you know, yes. weird hybrid that he is. Because uh, he's, you know, this yeah. deformed person, but he's also like a ghost and... Yeah, the only the only um, thing like I, I I get I understand everything you said with the whole you know this creature and monster coming back and that he can, he comes back stronger. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a gimmick though. Uh, yeah, because he looks like an undead you know monster, right? Like right. A, the deformed, toxic Avenger kind of deal. Yeah, it looks um, kind of like sloth or something. Yeah, so I wish he had a gimmick. I wish he had more of a of a gimmick. A little right. bit. I know that like, gimmicks are, you know, they worked in the 80s. Maybe it won't work to, to, in these modern days is because people make fun of it too much. You know, like, you know, guy walking around yeah. with a hockey mask, you know, <laughs> so. But right. Well, his, his gimmick is definitely like one. the, is the weapon because he uses that. Sure. That crazy double-sided hatchet thing. 
which isn't even yes. a real thing. They had to make that for the movie. Uh, but oh that's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah. guess that's his gimmick would be the weapon more than anything. Well, hatchet. But, yeah. Yeah. There you go. But uh, no, and a lot of people don't like the movies, or a lot of people only like you know the first, and then say it trails off or whatever. But I just think the whole series is is great, and then sure. now seeing this new one kind of solidified because they pulled off uh, what I think was a pretty good. It's not really like a reboot of it because it's still the same dude doing it and whatever, but kind yeah. of this reignition of the series. Sure. Well, they start to go on repeat, just like like I said, Friday Thirteenth did that a lot. Yeah, yeah, and they found like kind of a a stupid but but fun way to make it that he comes back from the dead and all that stuff. So. Yeah. No, I always like that too because again, my my remembrance of like say Friday Thirteenth or or Freddy and, and Michael is how. He died at the end, and how they resurrected him in the next film. What creative way can they bring back? How can they bring back Jason this time? Mm-hmm. And it became very jokingly and very, you know, something that's it's an ongoing joke, right? Right. But it was always interesting to me growing up like that. So yeah, like Hatchet's trying to do that again, and it's it's uh, almost like a formula to be an iconic horror monster or a character. That's what you got to do. Sure. Yeah, and those movies are fun on the the splatter factor too you know they go way over the top with the gore and the blood and the guts and everything yeah Uh, so it's it's kind of has that that mix of like 80s over the top exploitation factor which is always fun absolutely but yeah i i think it's just that it's kind of this modern day uh reoccurring character which you don't find as much you know so many series try to start this new this new icon or this new franchise carrying character that just doesn't pan out and it's yeah. nice to see yeah. one that seems to have worked for now so yeah exactly uh, no it's cool to have something even out there that's even trying to even uh bring right. back some of that you Indeed. know classic 80s stuff mm-hmm. um okay cool um so number six before we take a break we're going to go here uh I have is a category is a one-shot monster. Now, a one-shot monster to me is like not your typical, you know, classic icons where they they have an influential of their movie, their standalone movies, but they've also spin offs, you know, did spin offs or a remake or or you know teamed up with a, a, another movie, right? So this those are other. That's a different category, but this is a one-shot, and mine is the uh, the shark Jaws from Jaws from the movies, of course. Okay. The the shark is a iconic monster, of course. Sure. A co- iconic horror monster, of course. You know, there's so much about the movie Jaws that is so iconic, but the shark doesn't drive the movie as much as the, you know, uh, the island itself, the create the the characters itself, right? So, but Jaws is the most terrifying thing in that mm-hmm. series, of course. So, in the in the lines of picking a uh, character, also. And I said one shot because it's like, you know, it's not really in the forefront of, of everything, but it's the sure. driving force behind the movie. So Jaws, uh, Bruce is what uh, Steven Spielberg named the shark. Right, right. Bruce. So. Yeah, I almost had just uh, it, just the character of a giant shark as one of my uh, things that made the list and it, it just fell off. Oh, yeah. Uh, in favor of other things, but... Again, kind of more of a general topic, like I said, about the zombies, where even if you go outside of the Jaws movies, how many fucking mm-hmm. shark-based horror movies are there? Whether it's a great <laughs> exactly. white or whatever type of shark it is, still some giant shark trying to eat some fucking people in the water. <laughs> exactly. Or fight a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> or in a big giant tornado, but... True. Whatever. Yeah. 
Basically, <laughs> what the fuck ever you could do with a shark. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we need, like, land sharks. Oh, my goodness. Wasn't that, That'd be wasn't cool, that like, a cartoon or something? Land sharks? Like, road skateboards oh, and shit? Oh, um, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, oh, shit. You're gonna get me looking this up. <laughs> uh, it's the, uh, shark cartoon. There was definitely a land sharks or something like that it was called. Um... Shit. <laughs> You're right. I just can't remember the name of the cartoon. It was the worst cartoon I've ever seen, but it was <laughs> it was great, too. Now we just pissed off the like two people that listen to us that are huge Land Shark <laughs> fans. Like, I know. I'm guys. sorry. <laughs> fucking saying I Land Shark sucks. It's fucking dicks. Uh, yeah, I keep seeing uh, Street Sharks, but oh, maybe I don't that was know it. if that doesn't sound right. They like ride on skateboards street or sharks? motorcycles or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, I remember that damn cartoon. I do remember it. <laughs> well, fuck sharks. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I just pissed off even more people. Yeah, damn. All right. So we're just talking to ourselves again. Yeah, right. So the last one before we break here, my number six uh, might surprise some people that I have this character as low as it is based on where the actual movie mm. fell in my top ten. But uh, my number six is Leatherface. Okay. Uh, now the only reason, I guess, <laughs> instead of defending why is he not, instead of saying like, <laughs> why would he make your list? Like, why would I have him that low when the movie is my number one? Um, I feel right, like right. the consistency of Leatherface doesn't doesn't carry through from all the movies. Mm-hmm. And so, like, m- my my number one movie is the '74 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sure. But it's not just about Leatherface, it's about the whole movie. And that version right. of Leatherface then in the second movie is completely fucking different. And then in the third movie kind of like goes back to that and then goes all over the right. place from there. And so the actual character of Leatherface, I feel like it's it's almost like a Herbert West thing where I like mm-hmm. him so much from the one movie. And well, I guess Herbert West stays pretty consistent in the other movies, but uh, so that's a bad analogy. Never mind. Um, no. <laughs> But I, I like him so much in the one movie, and then the other movies, I'm actually not as big of a fan of the other movies. Like, I I like some yeah. of the, the modern ones and stuff are fine, but... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, no, I Leatherface is uh, uh, wholeheartedly a horror icon. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right, it seemed like... Just because it's, you know, 1974, and then I think uh, the third one came out, eat what... Um, like the mid-80s or something. Or, yeah, something like that, where... It was, it, you know, I think with a lot of character development, they, they write a character, they don't know anything about it, and then they try to reverse engineer it a little bit, and then they change their minds, and they go forward with, like, well, they reverse engineer it at a different, a different type, and they're like, okay, well, let's go back what worked, and then they go back to, like, the original concept of Leatherface. So, yeah, you're right in the sense that it might have a little bit of um, uh, a difficult time of continuity of, of the character of what he is, but to not put him as an icon is wrong because he is he's he's it's like it's like you have your classic monsters then you have your you know uh modern monsters i guess or modern meaning 80s and 90s and then you come into like the 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 now with the um you know with other other icons you know this is stuff that you put oh yeah yeah, yeah. other faces on there so it's like yeah well that's i think i think he again this goes to where it falls on my list personally like i think leatherface belongs on if there was such a thing like a mount rushmore of horror icons oh yeah yes but yes i just drop them down a little bit as far as ones that i like better than the the continuous thing of him like some of the stuff that we'll get to later in this yeah 
would maybe not be something where you'd go like, oh, well, that's a Mount Rushmore horror icon. There you go. But a lot of it is well, like, that's... timing too. Like this was it a is. thing that was in 74. You know, stuff I have later in my list didn't happen yet. So, But uh, it's, it's more about what you like. Exactly. And that's why I did my list the way I did it. Mm-hmm. And not the whole one through two, because again, if I did a, re- a Mount Rushmore, do I put Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, Mummy on there, or do I put Jason, Freddy, uh, Leatherface, and you know Pinhead? Say, right. you know what I mean? You know that that's a hard discussion because it's right. there's so different genres, but they're so influential to each other. It's like oh, so that's why I went. Let's go category. I will pick the best. Like when we get to my iconic, I'm gonna give you the best one that I feel that beats out all those. But then I'll give you like you know like best scene, best music, best whatever. So yeah, absolutely. All right, well let's take a break here. We'll uh, play a little music, maybe a promo for another show, and then we'll come back. We'll have our oddball horror icon pick and our our no rules pick and our top five as well. Just to like say hi, my name is um, you're listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. Say that again. It's just introduce yourself, you're listening uh-huh. to Scott and Liam versus Scott Evil. And William versus Evil. William, Scott and William. Scott and William. William, like L I A M. Am I not saying that? William. 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 Um, William. No, it's like W-I-L- just like. No, L I A M. Oh, Liam. Yeah. Liam. <laughs> Sorry, I am jet lagged. These lights are not helping. Uh, Scott and Liam versus Evil. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That's cool. Um, I thought you were spelling out the end of William. That's <laughs> okay, I got it now. Okay, ready? Yes. Hello, this is Amanda Fuller, and you are listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. We aren't listening yet, but you should be. We are Scott and Liam versus Evil out of Glasgow, Scotland, and each episode we take you on a drunken trip through the best, the worst, and then between picks from horror cinema. Well, at least we try to. You can find us online at scottandliamversusevil.com. So join us as we bear our souls everywhere good podcasts are available. Or the pub. On your way out, turn the lights out. Take your supermodels and your broken beer bottles. I don't care, party anywhere. I'm broke, man, possibly beyond repair. This is the best, this is the best. My head is such a fucking mess. This is the best, crack house arrest. My head's a mess. Well, I woke up on a Monday, I'd been feeling pretty wired. I've been wide awake since Wednesday. Care. Throw 
the best This is the best My head is such a fucking mess This is the best Crack house arrest My head's a mess Well I woke up Control, I'm crushing like a monster truck. I should care, but I don't care. I fucking don't care, don't care. Well, I woke up on a Monday. Okay, we're back, and we're going to talk about our top half of our top 10 horror icons. And before we do that, we're going to do our one additional pick. Uh, so when we did the top 10 horror movies, we did like five honorable mentions where we didn't really talk about them. We just kind of mentioned them. And yeah. I, I felt like it was at least the only fair to throw in some little extra thing with this one, so... Uh, so yeah, I guess what do you have for your uh, your additional pick or your honorable mention or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, so the honorable mention notion was like, hey, you know what, forget our rule of three and just kind of like, you know, something that you want to put out there. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I um, actually went opposite. I, I picked the, probably the most iconic monster that's probably been in more films than any, all of the horror icons put together. Um, but I have a hard time classifying this as horror. But it's like more sci-fi. Anyway, it's Godzilla. Godzilla is my honorable mention of being an iconic, nice. in in my eyes, iconic monster or iconic horror monster. Because a lot of people can argue me, you know, argue with me that it's not horror, and I'm like, well, yeah, I, in in a way, you know, it's more sci-fi than in any than anything, I guess. But it's got the monster elements, right. and and of course, like Godzilla is a household name, and he's been in more movies than absolutely all the horror movies put together. It seems like you know. Well, not only, like we've talked about with a bunch of these things, as far as being classics, I mean, how much has it also influenced down the road yeah. that was actually a, a, a pure horror type of thing? So he was around so fucking long ago that mm-hmm. so many other things were spawned off of the concept of this this giant monster, whether it was a radioactive exactly. thing or a reawoken sleeping giant or whatever the fuck, but... Uh, yeah, the the influence itself is, I'm sure, immeasurable. So. Yeah, yeah, I- exactly. It, like he's, if without Godzilla, you don't have Cloverfield, I believe. Right? You don't have, you know, right. just just he just continues like any big monsters rampaging towns. That's uh, kind of like what is a chaotic neutral. Sure. Um, to use a Dungeons and Dragons term, sorry guys, but I, I that's just me. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, um, Godzilla is man. that. You know, he 
exactly you, you just don't have that yeah. you know so he's an icon he's an godzilla's like an icon beyond horror he's yeah. a movie icon you know what i mean just like king kong is king kong is a movie icon right but right. they always you know so yeah so godzilla man yeah that's a good pick um i also went a similar route as you did and took something mm-hmm. that's in tons of shit as opposed to something that was not in very much stuff. Uh, the mm-hmm. hard thing for me, this probably would have fit more into your category system the way that you did it. Uh, okay. This this thing is more of an item that is used in tons of movies and not just one franchise specifically or one particular set of movies or anything. Uh, it's the anonymous phone call. Oh. Oh. Uh, and if you think back, see, I like that. Yeah. So much history of, you know, Black Christmas or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the, it the came within classic the house. lines or, yeah. Uh, what's the one with the Have you checked the children? Or, uh, you know, even the Scream movies that we mentioned before. Uh, just so many, right. so many movies. Like the even, call is coming within the house. Yeah. Yeah. I, even just in prom night, I was watching that, and there was like anonymous phone calls, and I was yeah. like, wow, man, that's such a, a classic. Thing to horror movies of this like threatening phone call or this warning foreboding phone call or whatever it is but it's always some anonymous thing that you're getting called and warned about yes. and I was like I couldn't really figure out I'm like well is it it's like a horror icon necessarily because it's it's kind of this this it, notion of like an anonymous call it's like a thing but it's not really a tangible thing so mm-hmm. it's more of a well, trope I guess than it, anything it's, it's it it is yeah, you, well, it's more like a. Um, it follows in the line of formula, right? Like um, the mm-hmm. anonymous call that comes in that sets up the threat, that sets up the intruder, or sets up you know the monster with, that's coming within your house. Right. Because the slasher films are great at anonymous calls, mm-hmm. um, that warning call or a threat call. So it's like the I would I would categorize it as like the rules, you know, just like in Scream, you know, mentioning Scream, sure. you know, um, dropping the keys as you're tripping while you're running. Dropping the yeah, keys yeah. before, you know, handling before you get into a car or a house. You know what I mean? Turning back and look behind you and stopping while you're being chased. The anonymous mm-hmm. call. It goes right in line with all those, like, the rules to make a good horror film. Right. So that's a good call. Yeah. So, th- yeah, that was my one uh, my one oddball pick there. Very cool. I like. See, I like that because that's like, you know, the, the, the sense or the traditional sense of, like, putting together a list, you know, you always like, okay, well, what are the most memorable memorable scenes and that can curtail into my number six actually or my my number five okay. if you want to go into that so well my category is you know iconic scenes a horror scene that is iconic to the point where you have other movies mimicking it or other films that take parts of it right and i i sat there and i go okay well in a horror movie genre spanning day one to now to me the most influential Horror iconic scene is the psycho shower scene. You know, the, oh, nice. the he, you know, the killing of the shower. Be, how many movies have mimicked that uh, uh, jokingly or sure. seriously? You know, um, oh yeah, sure, it, sure. It, it, It's so great, just that scene, and people captivated that. Where again, if you if you ask, you know, go to a household and just like, what's the most memorable scene from Psycho? Well, duh, it's the shower scene. You know, come on, right? You know, so. That would be again. That's like my number five iconic moments. You know, scenes is is that right? No, that's that's a good call, and it's another one of those things that's you know a really old thing that was established. Uh, I don't know when was the movie from, like the the early '60s or something, right? Yeah, um, 
God got me. But uh, just that it was uh, around so long ago and done so right. perfectly and, you know, just burned itself into not only people's brains, but into film history. And yes. So it has become this thing, whether it's played for laughs, like you said, or whether it's yeah, it's um, an homage done to that scene and, and something. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's a good call for sure. I like that. Yeah, 1960, uh, Psycho came out. And then, like, yeah, in, in, like, the movie Christmas Vacation, they mimic the scene. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, uh, Wayne's World, they mimic the scene. You, 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 and then you go into, like, you know, horror movies that, that mimic. And, they, they, of course, it's a direct throwback to Alfred Hitchcock and, and his brilliant movies and stuff. So that is, like, one, I couldn't think of an – honestly, when I wrote, was writing those down, that was the one I wrote down first. And I don't think I wrote anything else down because I'm like, I don't want to. And nothing else compares to, like, that, you know. Yeah, for sure. In that category. Yeah. All right. So my number five is a little killer doll known as Chucky. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm a big fan of the the whole franchise, really. I mean, even the the bad ones, I, th- I think, still have some sure. redeeming qualities to them. And the thing that I like about Chucky, it's almost sort of like what... I guess in a way like what Freddy did or a lot of these guys where it started out mm-hmm. serious and then it got a little more jokey, got a little yeah. more jokey. But then the nice thing with Chucky is that it's kind of come back around to where he still has these quibs and he has these one-liners and stuff, but he's become sort of scary again too. Yeah, yeah. And, I 100% agree with that. And, you know, again, another one of these modern icons like it. Yes. has built up since the late 80s into just this past year there was a new movie and it's still effective and still works and there's still a reason that he is what he is and what he's doing and uh you know yeah. just something that's really kind of cemented itself over a couple decades now really of making pretty good movies so yeah and what a great concept chucky is and child's play is it's a mm-hmm. great concept you know what i mean and the first two films were were fantastic, and it you know again it, it set this whole tone, and yeah, and then and then they and then I guess a certain different writers got a hold of it and said, hey, you remember Nightmare on Elm Street and how um, how goofy we made that? Let's do that with Child's Play. Yeah, but you well, cannot that take like, away. They did yeah. that with like the second Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They tried to make it funnier. They even yeah with some of the Friday the Thirteenth the third stuff. They tried to funny. make it more yeah. slapsticky. So, you know, they try it with all of them. They're like, this is the funny one. And usually it doesn't work so well, but. Yeah. I think Child's Play is the only one that went so overboard that they were like, man, we are. And they just was like, okay, forget the the horror. There's no horror in anymore. Seed of Chucky, Bride of Chucky. There's no horror in this. It's just just make a, a real goofy movie. Yeah, well, it's another one of those things where it's like super self-aware to the point yeah. of of being almost intolerable at times. You know, where you have like Jennifer Tilly as a person that <laughs> is also yeah. in the same world as where Tiffany is, and like I don't, you know, it just gets so bizarre. But it's exactly. still actually watchable, and there's a lot of it that's actually pretty funny to it. But sure, sure. But even as the yes. worst one of a pretty long franchise, that's still not bad. So. Yeah, no, Ch- uh, Chucky is a icon, of course, of course. Yeah, and also in merchandise too. I mean, he's oh yeah, just the whole thing is centered around the fact that it's a child's <laughs> toy that right. becomes a killer, and they've built a whole merchandise thing around making dolls and action figures and clothes and other stuff out yeah. of it. So, so it's kind of cool that it yep. almost imitated itself in a way. Oh yeah, big time, big time. All right. Okay. 
So we're going to number four then, right? Yes. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on there now. You've already preluded to this already, and I'm just gonna throw it out there because I had it as a category, and um, I had a category of called monsters. So monster is not a character. Like Jason in my in this list is not a monster. Freddy's not a monster. You know, iconic characters. Monsters are like vampires, werewolves. You know, okay. that kind of stuff. Um, and I picked zombies as probably the most iconic monster, especially relevant to today's the past 10 years, I guess. But um, zombies has always been one of those to me, one of those things. Where it's like that is the scariest monster, but the most iconic monster uh, that's in sure. the group of, of a category of that. So, yeah, um, again, you preluded to it. You, you've you've picked the, the best kind of monsters, which is slow walking monsters, especially if they're in herds. When I was Absolutely. when I was little and I watched, um, oh God, uh, it had to have been I, I, I God I, I can't remember, but well even Night of the Living Dead, you know, it's just that notion of like you get trapped in the house and you're surrounded, and it's the moaning and groaning and the slow beating of the of the uh, windows and doors, and you're trying to board up everything. I had right. nightmares of that concept of just being trapped in a sardine can, no way out, and especially yeah, like in yeah. Night of the Living Dead, they trap themselves in the basement, which is the worst part you can go. To, right? <laughs> right. And so the notion of the zombie, <laughs> exactly. So the notion of the zombie is more scary than vampires to me, mm -hmm. than werewolves. You know, because again, werewolves, you, there, there's a timing issue. Vampires, you have to invite them. There's all kinds of rules, but yeah, zombies yeah. are more dangerous. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And it, even with the the slow ones, there's like this kind of sneak up on you thing, which I think again, yeah. not to keep referencing The Walking Dead, but I think they capitalize well, sure, on man. that well, where. It's not always this herd. It's like just one by itself that's just leaning against a tree until someone gets close enough that it gets woken up and then pops yeah. out of nowhere and fucking tries to bite. Perfect you, example. So. Yeah, perfect example is like one that's buried in the mud or under under the water, right. you know. And it's like, oh shit, you know. So yeah. Yeah, and I I think I don't know the the notion of like the slower ones is more fun because it feels like it gives you somewhat of a chance. Yes. You know, versus yes. the the fast moving ones, it's like you're pretty much fucked unless you have like machine guns. You know, right. like how do you fucking even deal with that? So yeah, exactly. But uh, no, that slow motion no, of they're coming and just watching them slowly come up that road, man. Yeah, and it's it's such a classic thing. Like it's it's been done a million times, but it's been done mm -hmm. well a bunch of times too. So right, uh, right. Yeah, I'm a big zombie fan myself, so I'm a zombie believer. Oh yeah, I just hate those people that put like zombie outbreak survival response team or whatever on their jeep and then <laughs> i know i know it's like you guys know that that shit's not real right like are you is this <laughs> like a, a gimmick like you're getting the... paid to show up at things or i get the the tug-and-cheek references and and everybody wants to be in, like and again maybe this is like something that i get some self-criticism or criticize over it's like um you know, I when I was a teenager, I used to wear horror shirts like Freddy. I used to wear Nightmare on Elm Street shirts like crazy because I love. I was obsessed with Nightmare or with Freddy Krueger and stuff. And I actually was sent home mm -hmm. a couple times from school because I would wear these shirts, right? But I was a kid. I was a teen. I was a young teenager. I was a kid. But so to me, I don't feel like I have to wear a, a shirt or throw a sticker. I mean, no, I know it's fun, but um, sometimes it's like you have to show the world that you're into the horror genre. And that sometimes mm. it's a little bit like, oh, come on, little douchey. But again, I, like I said, I, I'm sorry if anybody does that. It's not that I'm taking it away from you because I'll still do it, but it's in my house. I don't yeah. throw it on my, my well, car there's, or stuff. There's but, one thing that, like, <laughs> I have stickers on my car or, like, I wear shirts and whatever. But not, like, oh, yeah. um, 
it's more of the people like I'm, I'm more speaking of there's one that's around my area that I've seen and it's clearly just somebody that you know they started watching The Walking Dead and they're like now I know how to survive the apocalypse and oh they yeah add all this like cheap plastic <laughs> accessories to their car and put fucking decals that say like <laughs> I get it no like, on survival one, on one hand it's team or whatever like <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. On one hand, it's fun. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, okay, dude, I get it. You it's like different to have dead. like, uh, like I have a, a, a Child's Play 2 um, movie bumper sticker on my car or whatever. Right. Or yeah. like I have a Freight Rag sticker on my car or like those kinds of things. That's different. Sure, than, sure. Than like you, well, yeah, decorating your a, whole car. <laughs> no, I, oh, I hear it. Yeah, yeah. Like actually, like actually there's somebody around my house or my, my area that had the uh, Jurassic Park uh, Jeep and they've converted their whole uh, Jeep into the Jurassic Park thing, which I thought was That's hilarious funny. and fun, and, and I actually <laughs> so So I'm the douche by even saying that, so sorry, guys. <laughs> That's okay. Because I, 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 I catch myself, you know what? I'm sorry. I do have a ton of Frankenstein shirts, and I wear them because, mm-hmm. you know what? I want I want people to know I love Frankenstein. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> I know. All right. Uh, okay, so we're on to number four, which... This one is another modern day icon, but this will be my last modern day one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. This one, well, so I went with uh, Billy the Puppet, which is the puppet right. on the tricycle from the Saw movies. Yes, um, absolutely. Obviously, you can go with like John Kramer or like whatever other thing from the Saw movie, the music or the voice or. Uh, but that's, mm-hmm, I mean, the puppet mm-hmm. carries through the whole series. He's in all the movies. It's that that like freak out factor of like everyone's in the room and then the fucking thing comes rolling yeah. in and you're like what the fuck like yes uh so yeah i went with the uh with the puppet on the tricycle because that shit's bitching. that's awesome i love the way yeah, that absolutely looks. <laughs> yeah exactly uh, you know um can you tell me when billy got his name like what movie did he get his name in I, I can't remember. I don't know for sure. Or was he named after? Because it's funny because I always knew him as Billy, but I don't remember how I got him yeah, as Billy. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd have to look that up myself. Because I know in one of the movies they showed a little bit of the history of like him making the thing for his kid he, he, that was never born yeah. or whatever. I well, wonder if the, uh, if the son's name is Billy. I can't remember now. Yeah, that sounds like, like something unborn they would do. Kid, unborn kid, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. that's interesting. It's funny. It's like one of the goes, yeah, it's Billy. And I was like, how do I know that? I don't know. I just know it's Billy. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I, maybe I saw it on a toy or something or what. But Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I've talked about the Saw franchise a bunch. I like, you know, pretty much the whole series. Yeah. And he's pretty much the face of the franchise. So so you would pick the, the um, you would pick Billy as the spokesperson for the Saw franchise. Uh, at least like the, the icon for at that. Least the face of it, yeah. I mean, the voice is okay, probably okay. you know the the whole voice changer thing sure. that everyone uses, and it sounds a little bit different when different people are doing it. But uh, right, it's kind of like the the ghost face voice where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that has that kind of distinct sound to it. But but yeah, I mean, he's basically the face of it because he's you know kind of in all the movies is kind of the uh, the the marker of a lot of it. So yeah, and it's just no, like cool, a really man. cool imagery, I think, like just something that they created. That, that really stuck and took off and now has expanded out through whatever it is, seven movies or eight movies now, I think. so. Yeah, with Jigsaw, sure. Yeah, even, um, I mean, it's a, I think it's already on the cover of the new one. So. Yeah. And I got well, the it's his, it's, figure of it. Yeah, 
it's awesome. Exactly, and I, I'm jealous. I want that. I want that. <laughs> I know. I, I have the <laughs> shitty like John Kramer um, figure too, but I just I never really do anything with him. So, yeah, no. I, if I had to choose, it'd be definitely Billy. Right. Um, you mentioned a little bit on that where on if we're going to go to number three now, um, mm-hmm. you mentioned the music of Saw. And I had the category of iconic, most iconic horror music. Now, this is a tough one, right? Sure. There's so much. There's so much out there. Oh, but yeah, yeah. what, of course, you know, I think anybody can guess what's the most iconic horror theme that you can think of. You know, it's it's Halloween, right? John Carpenter's Halloween. Yes. His, his musical score beats out. And I put the Exorcist theme because that's a huge one, too. Um, right. Elm Street. J- mm-hmm. Jason's little hissing in the back, you know, that, all those mm-hmm. things. But Halloween, by hands down, is probably the most iconic horror music theme that, that's played out oh, yeah, through yeah, all, yeah. The, all the films. And yeah, it's just, it's just, it's amazing. Still to this day, it gives me goosebumps, especially the when the sure. tone changes happen. It's so great. Well, there's, I don't know if you ever heard the story about how they did a test screening of the movie before the music oh. was inserted. Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard that story. And, and then. I, I heard you, like, tell, yeah, you told just, me. They were like, oh, it's just, you know, pretty good movie or whatever. It, it wasn't really that effective. <laughs> and then when they added it to them, they were yeah. like, oh, my God, that's terrifying. Like, it it um, it um didn't test well without the music. And then they added the uh-huh. music, and it, like, went through the roof and, and test audiences. So, it's, yeah, I'm, it's amazing I'm right there with how, you for sure. Yeah. And even, like, anytime yeah, I watch am- something that yeah. Carpenter did, I'm, like, just listening for, like, those little those little synth pops here and there and little fucking weird noises and stuff that he throws in. And the best one he did besides Halloween was uh, uh, big trouble, little China. The music in there was so great. It was that synthesized kind of like eerie tone, right. you know, it was like the, the, the different tones that he uses and that it, it's so good. And of course the theme song, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it, it really put the music staple where it's like, you're going to make a movie. You better make sure that you have a uh, catchy, but yet eerie oh, yeah. sound and like right what Friday Thirteenth did is when they did all those squeals and screeches you know with the strings and all that stuff to make that hype yes. when Jason was coming and then what um and then what Halloween did was put the synthesized beats and that 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 continuous like um when when he's chasing somebody and that continues like dun 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 dun, dun you know what I mean like just throughout it's oh, so yeah, yeah. memorable and iconic it's it's like it's like. I could put down, like I said, I put down all these other themes like Exorcist, and I'm like, you know, I just can't, I can't see me putting Exorcist above Halloween. It, it Exorcist definitely is like number two in my book, but uh, uh, as far as theme music, and then, but yeah, man, just a, just a great icon. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's part of the intro to the song is John Carpenter music, or to this yes, podcast, exactly to the song to this podcast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know what one is uh, is really cool too that I I want to pull sometime and like listen to parts of it by itself a little bit more is the assault on precinct 13 one there's like so many oh. good jams in that in that score yeah i have to go back and uh and check that out actually it's, it's much more like rock synth i feel like but it's, right uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome though i love that score or the at least a lot of the tunes and stuff i remember are, are pretty iconic there nice okay all right so here we are number, number three three and my number three is well, I'm just kind of double checking. Sure. <laughs> this is actually the first uh, protagonist <laughs> that I have on the list. Oh. Can you tell uh, horror, horror is a very antagonist-driven. Right. Uh, right. So this is my first protagonist. I can guess. Want me to guess? Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, Ripley from Aliens. Ah, uh, it is actually. Is it really? <laughs> it's, it's, it is. Ellen it's Ripley. Just, 
Yes, yes. I just she came to mind when you say protagonist. I was like, oh, of course, it's got to be Ripley. Yeah. Nice. And you know, nothing against the the xenomorph alien, which has been in more movies than Ripley has, but I think uh -huh. the iconic thing about her too is the importance of being one of the first kind of like strong female leads in in a big horror movie like that. Yes. Uh, you know, it was a really important... Because, I mean, you had, like, Final Girls, like, your Jamie Lee Curtis, and, and uh, you know... Um, God damn it, I can't remember yeah, her name. Uh, Sally think, from uh, from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, you have those those people, but it's not like this, queens. Yeah. this empowered leader of a group. Yeah. Or, like, the one that there takes There was always charge. the category of Scream Queens. Yeah. Right. There was the Scream Queens, and then there was the kick-ass, like... Uh, uh, what you know um, from Terminator? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, uh, Sarah Connor. Uh, Sarah, Sarah, yeah. Sorry, Sarah Connor. Uh, Ellen Ripley. You know, those were the empowerment movement mm -hmm. of, of like you know these these they kick ass and they're great and like you know that's those are the ones that are like I want an action figure of her. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like those were the start of that. So I just ordered the uh, shaved head version of her from Aliens Three. Alien Three. Yeah. Yes. It was like super cheap on Amazon. I'm like, yeah, why the fuck not? Wait. I'm gonna have to buy one now. Yeah, it was only like thir I'll be on, thirteen I'll be on or Amazon fourteen tonight. bucks or something. What? Yeah, it was super cheap on Amazon. Does it come so. with? Can you get the dog alien too? Uh, like to go with I'm it? sure you probably can, but that's the okay. the alien figures are always like expensive. Well, not all of them. I but know. A lot of them. I know. And then I have yeah. one, and they're like they're so shitty to stand up. Like I can't even display it on my shelf. It always falls and like Man, knocks all my shit over. So I just keep they're it in the, the fucking most box awkward. Somewhere. Yeah, they're the most awkward toys you can get is the alien figures. Yeah, it's super annoying. I can't keep it displayed. I can just throw it in a box in the corner somewhere. <laughs> exactly. But I got my Ripley's out. She stands up good. So nice, awesome. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she's just awesome. I mean, the the first movie of her kind of you know having that transition from just the you know whatever scientist pilot type person that she was into right. being this leader and taking charge of everything, and then and the second one where she's that's when she found herself mm -hmm. full on soldier, you know. Yeah, it, she reminds me of, well, Carol of The Walking Dead reminds me of Ellen Ripley. Yeah. Where she was, uh, you know, Carol was the timid woman and she didn't know who she was. And then look at her now. She's like, you know, probably the best warrior that show has. Right. right. And she found herself like, like Ellen Ripley found herself through this horror uh, journey. And mm -hmm. I applaud you for actually putting a protagonist in this list because I always thought of just, you know, who is the most brutal, who's the most iconic, who's the most vicious. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, know, that's, that's horror, you know. It's driven by yeah. the antagonist. So, yeah. I mean, how many different... That's why you have, like, the like a final girl or a scream queen because it's, like, Jason and right. Michael and whoever just chase these fucking people down and then it's just a new person the next time but the same person, you know, the same right. main character, so... Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, she's awesome and I guess, you know, the second movie isn't really that horror and... But whatever, she fucking kicks ass. <laughs> she kicks ass, no matter what. I love it. Mm -hmm. Even yes. in the fourth one, she kicked ass, even though she wasn't her anymore. But yeah, we I won't like talk about that too much. <laughs> I like the basketball scene; that's fun. Yeah, the, yeah, the basketball scene was great. <laughs> I mean, it's stupid, but it's fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so we're down to the final four here. Well, you know, two yes. for me and two for you. Yes. Now I'm gonna get into something cool. Um. My category for the number two spot is the most iconic buildings, house, you know, something like of that manner. Okay. And a lot come to mind, right? You got the Michael Myers house. You got the Elm Street house. You mm -hmm. have the, my two my two top ones that I had to debate on this one to myself was uh, the Bates Motel or the Amityville Horror House. And 
I picked the Amityville Horror House and for one main reason is that Amityville Horror is one of my favorite movies. It's on my top 10 list. It is in that house um, dares you to enter it. It really dares you. It has that, you know, it almost seemingly like stares at you. You know, it's got such an iconic window um, pattern to it. And it's it's, it's synonymous. You know, it's very uh, popular, of course, and it's based on true events. And so it's it's it was either that or the Bates Motel. And Bates Motel, of course, is very iconic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I, I just think I just think to me, Amityville Horror House squeaks out all of them. Michael Myers House, sure. the Elm Street House, um, even the house from Hellraiser or not the house, the building from Hellraiser Four. How awesome that was after the building was resurrected over the, the yeah. box. But anyway, um, that yeah, dude. So Amityville Horror, man. I again, I love that goddamn movie, and I need you to watch it one day. <laughs> Can I watch the Ryan Reynolds version? Yeah, you know what? I this is what I'll say. Um, I've always been a very uh, uh, a strong critic on remakes, right? But I watched the Ryan Reynolds version, and I was actually very impressed with it. I thought it did a great job, and it did a great um, transition from the the original to the. It was almost identical, and it was mm-hmm. a little bit more vicious. And I actually appreciated the Amityville Horror remake a lot more than other remakes. So yes, I will allow you to watch the remake, but you don't get the sense of, there's a little bit of a tangent going on to like, you know, top 10, but the original had such a sound quality to it, meaning it was um, like right. when the vo- when the house spoke to the priest and had that overtoned whisper and says, get out, you felt it a lot more than the remake. It was more, it was a lot more scarier than the remake just because of sure. the times, the way it was filmed, and of course the acting and everything, it, it felt more real. The remake uh, felt more soundstagey, okay. if that makes sense. A little more, you know, it had more of a color palette, had more of a, you know, uh, a key to acting. But it was actually very good. So I'll allow you to watch the remake. <laughs> Plus, the remake has more shirtless Ryan Reynolds than the original. Well, there, you know, and and that would have, <laughs> that would have made my list. <laughs> <laughs> Chopping wood in the rain. Shirtless Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. So, yes, uh, go for it. Yeah, maybe I'll watch both of them back to back and compare them someday. Yeah. And the, I, I think mean, you should. The, the, just the name of like Amityville has continued on. There's like still fucking Amityville, the whatever. The, Dollhouse. The and... haunting of Amityville and all this other shit. <laughs> yeah. Just like that name alone has carried so much weight just based on that one singular concept There's of a... that house. Yeah, there's a uh, and I don't, it was not on Netflix anymore, but it was on Netflix a long time ago. There was a documentary called My Amityville, and it was based on the kid who actually grew up in the house. And it was based on because you know that movie is based on true events, right, or the stories of whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a documentary on the on the kid and what he went through um, of the of not the movie version, but the real life version. Because again, the the movie is based on a house that this family went through. You know. It, it was two in Amityville two. The second one uh, was based off. Or I think it was is more aligned of repeating what the house did originally. So it, it, you have to watch the movies to understand what I'm saying. But there's a documentary is so good, and it almost makes me believe that that shit happened because a kid or the guy was so convincing in the movie, you know. And he was like, oh, yeah, I don't yeah. care if anybody believes me. I don't. I don't even want to make this documentary. But you know, it, you get that sense of like, okay, yeah, he, you really do. But it, there's something about that house. And that movie and the backstory about it is is fantastic. And right. the house is scary. It's scary to look at. It really is scary to look at. Like right. you instantly re- know, oh, that's the Amityville house. It's haunted. Don't go in there, you know. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. So um, as we get into the uh, 
the top two here. Um, my number two is going to be Michael Myers. And now cool. uh, this one and my number one are both uh, not only based just on their position in, in horror itself, but also, again, in something that kind of got me back into following horror was through toy photography and toy collecting. And mm-hmm. so the, the images of these characters and the fact that there was availability of, of action figures of them and stuff uh, yeah. kind of made me appreciate the, the iconic status of them even more because obviously if there's like a million Jason figures and there's a bunch of, not nearly as many, but if there's Michael Myers figures and whatever, I think that establishes you as pretty iconic. And yeah. with Michael Myers, I mean... Yeah, some of the movies aren't great, but I feel like his character is something that's super strong through, you know, the majority of of the franchise, mm-hmm. and they always do a great job with the the imagery of him and that whole blank face that's you know kind of hidden yeah. in the shadows and comes out, and then you see it full on and then hides again. So, uh, you yeah, know, I, I really yeah. love that that look and that style and. Uh, again, another thing that you know inspired a ton of shit. I mean, if it wasn't for Halloween, we didn't end up with Friday the Thirteenth. So, uh, just a right. super iconic property that you know has been talked over a million times, and everyone knows the movies. And even again, yes. another thing like we mentioned with a lot of these, even if you've never seen any Halloween movie at all, and you hear either the music like you mentioned, mm-hmm. or you see the fucking mm-hmm. face, and people are like, "Oh, that's Michael Myers," or "Oh, that's the Halloween exactly. theme." Like, like people just fucking know that shit, even if they exactly. Don't. Even if they've never seen the movie before, it's, they it's know. a given. It's a given. It's a household name, man. It yeah. is, absolutely. Like you're right. The the Mount Rushmore of Halloween icon or horror icons, Michael Myers will definitely mm-hmm. be on there because you you he has that. Um, which I appreciated in the Halloween franchise was how they didn't really change his look. You know what I mean? They, of course, the mask was his was his signature, but they didn't really change his jumpsuit. They really didn't change his demeanor. He didn't really. Um, right. Have him a goofy. You know what I mean. They had goofy characters around him. Sure. But he was just that same power-driven, you know, driven by evil monster. You know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it, and it was so great to explore that with the character. And um, when we did our 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 episode of the Halloween remake, for Rob Zombie. You know, Rob Zombie tried to get into the head of a little of the of how Michael Myers became him. Mm-hmm. Um. Which was always fascinating, you know. We and we and we talked about like you know the psychology behind it, you know, right, just, right. just a just a psychotic killer, you know. Yeah. Um, and why not? It's just like because he just is. There you go. There's no magical force until later when he was driven by pure evil. Blah blah blah. You know. Right. <laughs> and so, um, it, it was just this psychotic killer. I kill people, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he stayed true. The the character stayed true because it was like almost hard to not change him yeah you know? yeah it's hard to it's hard to make a list without him on it you know again just like a lot of these people oh yeah yeah well and you know i had said before that i kind of cherry picked a lot of things off of my top 10 list well you know my number two movie after texas chainsaw massacre was halloween and he ended yeah. up being my number two character which i again you know i, I got into defending why leatherface was lower mm-hmm. but texas chainsaw massacre the movie was higher but sure with halloween sure I think the the character of Michael Myers has been carried through so much more and and the image has been so much more consistent with what he is like you had talked about so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just I, I love me some Mike. Very good. Very good. Um okay, so yeah, man, um 
number one goes into the lines of what I've been leading into is uh, my most iconic horror character, the, the, the character. And just just curtailing off of what you just said about Michael Myers and everything. And what I did is I made a list. I made a list of just, and it just kept going. It went from, you know, Jason to Freddy to Michael Myers to Dracula, Frankenstein, all of them, right? And on my top 10 list, I had my favorite movie of all time is Frankenstein as far as horror movies, right? Frankenstein is one of my favorite, but I had mm-hmm. to think about it. And it was hard for me not to put Frankenstein here as number one. But I put Jason Voorhees as the number one iconic monster, hands down, or iconic character, hands down, because of all the reasons that you just said about Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. I carried that over to Jason because Jason is such a gimmicky character because sure. he um, is a household name because his hockey mask is not only used by him but so many other movies that mimic Friday the Thirteenth. Because the location of Camp Crystal Lake, because you take all this and you package it up into like what is the most influential and what the most iconic horror monster character thing that you could think of in Friday the 13th has to be on everybody's list. If it's not number one, it's number two or it's, or it's three. You know what I mean? It's there as Jason is like the top dog in my book of he, like he's number mm-hmm. one on he's the George Washington of Mount Rushmore. You know what I mean? And sure. it's it was it was very very hard for me not to put Frankenstein on there. But Frankenstein, it, it, I have to take in a, a point. It's like okay, the relevancy of it. You know, he's such a classic character and whatnot. And I he's my number one love. But I have to give Jason the the credit. You know, the the character the credit that that he's the most iconic. You know, I wouldn't say he's better sure. than Frankenstein, but but he's iconic. Like he's a absolutely a household name and countless movies and commercials and you know what you name it they have uh, either re you know uh, influenced the friday 13 series and of course jason and his everything everything about it and um yeah so i, I again that was the probably the hardest pick i ever had to do was that one okay so in in some some way some ways i wish i did a list like it was like okay here's my fr- number one two three so i could put all my favorites down but i'm like nope mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna bite the bullet here and i'm gonna here's my Number one category is my top character. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I'll uh, use my opinion to spin into my number one pick, which is also Jason. Yay! Uh, <laughs> see? It's hard not to. <laughs> right, right. Well, and again, this is another one, like I referenced talking about Michael. Uh, Jason mm-hmm. is probably the number one reason. The The image of Jason in action figure form is probably the number one reason yes. that I got back into horror movies recently. Nice. Um, because you know, whatever it was, five years ago, six years ago, whatever, when I started fucking around with taking pictures with my stupid old Motorola smartphone <laughs> and a couple of my kids' action figures in my yard and was like just you know putting it on Instagram and right. I started making friends with people and I saw people with these really cool Jason figures that were made by NECA and I'm like, yes, well that looks way fucking cooler than this you know bullshit 3.75 inch captain america and <laughs> yeah, yeah fucking batman oh, yeah. figure and whatever that i'm using i want to get some some grown-up action figures these things are stupid <laughs> you know so <laughs> exactly I ditched the kid figures and went and got a bunch of grown-up ones and then i'm like well if i'm going to be taking jason pictures i need to know more about jason so then i went mm-hmm. on ebay mm-hmm. and bought like all 12 fucking movies <laughs> and watched nice. all of those nice and then it was yeah. like oh wow this is pretty bitchin'. Like, 
what are some other horror icon things that I've missed out on for so long? And like some stuff I had sure. seen and so, like I had seen Alien when I was younger and I saw like The Shining and other stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I talked about Predator in my top 10 and stuff. And so I knew some of the stuff and then just kind of went back and started plugging holes. But if it wasn't for the image of Jason in action figure form, I probably wouldn't have a horror podcast now because well, see, I there's the there's the reach of influence. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the reach of influence. Why I say Jason is the most iconic is because look at what just happened there. Mm-hmm. It's like it's be- because of the imagery, because of the character itself, you actually explored it. And now it's a household name for you. You know what I mean? Now it's like one of those things where you can't reference like you can't reference a movie that you're talking about modern without saying the influence of Friday the 13th or what Jason did to the genre itself or the slasher right. films itself and with the music with the screeching you know sound effects with the of course the over the top kills that just every movie had to topple each other plus if you, if um you know Friday the 13th has the probably the deepest backstory in my opinion right that the movie of revenge and like like jason actually had a reason to you know kill you know um sure. if you compare the two like freddie and jason freddie was a a child killer and if you really think about it people he you know they nobody got revenge over freddie he's st- he was an asshole in real life and he's still an asshole dead because he's still killing people it's like the la- he's he, there's no way that nobody hurt him jason was you know drowned as a little boy and now he's taking his revenge on the counselors that let him drown you know, his mom did it, but when he took over and again, sure. the pure evil thing comes in, but, um, it's, it's got a really cool backstory and a real cool, like reason why Jason exists and, and that whole, uh, you know, just kind of like that mindless evil, you know, killing everything in his path. That's why when in episode eight, Jason takes Manhattan, he should actually take Manhattan. You know, he should have actually went in there swinging, I know, right? <laughs> you know, so anyway, that's another, that's another podcast. But, but yeah, um, that, I mean, just getting into all the movies and stuff i mean they built this great legacy and like some of the other ones we talked about there's a lot Mm of holes in the franchise oh sure yeah there's also a lot of fucking gold in there too and yeah some of it is you know some of the best stuff ever and now that's the funny thing with with uh jason i put as my number one iconic character or horror icon but i didn't have any friday the 13th movies in my top 10 and ah. It's nothing against those movies. Me, like, me too. They're they're me, great. Me they're too. awesome movies. But right. uh, it's it's kind of like the reverse of the Leatherface thing. Like I like the movie more than I like the the character as a whole, kind of thing. And like that's you know Absolutely. I love the character of Jason. Not all the movies are yeah. great, but I love that character, that concept, the idea, the look, the style. Yes. You know. Yeah, you no, know, and we explained that with our I think on our first episode was that like you know uh, Jason being my. I think I even said it. Even we both said it was like my favorite horror character is Jason Voorhees, but it's not really my favorite movie. It's my favorite franchise to revisit as a whole. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I think there's. I mean, of course, if you if I'm talking like a good movie, which is like a you know, for example, Raw. Raw is a, a top ten movie. I. I I, you know, of course, but Friday Thirteenth. No, but Friday Thirteenth is like part of life. It's part of what yes, we grew yeah. up with horror and how we got into horror and stuff. And and we take it for what it is. You know, what Friday Thirteenth was, what Jason was, all everything that I, because I used to go when when a movie was announced. I remember going. I I went to the movie theaters from when I was young enough to go or old enough to go. I think it was from Chapter Four on. Um, or yeah, episode four on, I, I would watch them all in the movie theater. And every time I wanted to see what Jason, either how he came back, how the over the top kills, like how is he going to kill these people? 
and these you know twisted ways uh, you know like slamming someone with a sleeping mm-hmm. bag on a tree you know popping right, someone's right. eyeball out, you know all that stuff and then how is he gonna die and then when's the next one how is he get, you know lightning's gonna bring him back this time yeah you know that the, those were the things now does that make a good movie to put in a top 10 absolutely not that's like but it's goofy and it's fun enough to say this is the probably the most influential yeah, yeah. Uh, horror icon ever just like frankenstein was for me but but i'm sorry jason beats out mm. you know he he really does beat out the classics for sure when it comes to influential stuff yeah all right well that was uh that was a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that was fun it was refreshing you know instead of yeah. like i mean we reviewed like the genre itself and, like an open discussion on stuff and uh-huh. um because you know what honestly like there's the, the 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 networks that we're on and stuff they do a fantastic job of keeping us in the loop of what's coming out and what's new you know mm-hmm. and um not necessarily like you know we we want you to listen still you know because we're still going to review movies but every once in a while we do something like this and it's just a a different take and hopefully that you know maybe it, it can encourage people to make lists themselves too right and kind of rethink it just kind of like again we love the genre this is not a job this is yeah. this is something of a hobby and something fun that we do so um when you approached me with a list i had at first i was like yeah that's easy i could do this and then really sitting down and thinking i had a i had a hard time doing this is challenging but rewarding at the same time because i got to revisit a lot of things that um i remembered back in the day when i used to you know consume horror movies. like i said when video rental stores were a thing that's when i was my heyday of consumption i would just pick random shit off the shelves and go home and watch them with my you know i was only eight or nine years old 10 11 doing it and i got in trouble a lot of times because some of those movies were like borderline x <laughs> you know what i mean so but that's the fun about it revisiting these kind of lists you know what's the most iconic yeah yeah we'll definitely fuck around with this again cool but um let's take one more break here cool and on the other side of that we'll just uh plug all of our various things going ons and uh, then we'll set you free bad movies the world is full of them from low budget crap fests to downright unwatchable and only two men are willing to watch them all so climb in and take your seat this is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. Hey everyone, this is Johnny Krug from Kruger Nation. And this is Rick Morgan from the Helming Power Hour. And we have decided to team up and take you where no one has gone before. We're on a quest to find the world's worst movie, and we're doing it on the bus. Driving through cult classics in every genre to find holy grail of bad movies. So if you're looking for something different and more fun than you can stand, then climb on in. Short Bus Cinema is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. That's right, yo! Short Bus Cinema. We'd love to watch the movies you hate.
space You're so damn hard to please We gotta kill this switch You're from the 70s But I'm a 90s bitch out of here we're just going to plug our various things that we have going on uh, so why don't we start with you marco and let everyone know what you have going on sure um in on top of everything that uh, the who will survive has got going on that i'm a part of um i also do a star wars podcast which is called the sarlacc digest and that's the sarlacc with s-a-r-l-a-c-c and you can find that you can google it you would you find us on itunes you can find us on soundcloud on the Raw Live Unedited Podcasting Network, and we are gearing up for our May the 4th, which is um, fan-based Star Wars event, May 4th, for May the 4th Be With You. So we are actually having a local um, get-together with trivia uh, at a local brewery here called Desert Barn Brewery, and if you're interested, if you're in the area, please come up. It's on a Friday. It's going to be great from 7.30 to 10.30 um, to hang out, drink, eat. It's all ages. Bring your family. Um, again, we're going to have trivia and just kind of hang out and have fun. And then, of course, we're gearing up for the Han Solo movie, mm-hmm. um, which we're, we're uh, I think we are buying out another movie theater and <laughs> and and uh, having all our friends and family and just enjoying that. Because, again, uh, the second love of my life is Star Wars versus it, it, the other one's horror. So always catch me over there. Excellent. Yeah, I was just listening to your last episode. and Cool. Uh, and uh, just kind of waiting for the movie like you guys are. So yeah. Oh, I'm, uh, Denny's just came out see. with the trading card. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah Denny's just came out with the trading. <laughs> so I guess I don't like Denny's, but I this that's guess where I'm going to be eating. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I will definitely go see that right away. For May cool. the fourth, I will be at traffic court in the morning because I just rescheduled oh. my court to that day. So bummer. <laughs> Well, make sure you watch Star Wars or something on that day, just to just to. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the whole the, well, the, all the fandom is going to be doing something on that day. Anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, what do I have coming up? Um, we are working on setting up something different for Episode Eleven. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but either way, we'll have another episode two weeks after this one comes out, and I'm still kind of plugging along with other uh trying to set up interviews and uh doing my friends till the end shows they're kind of just whenever whenever it comes up it comes up so sure and uh stay tuned and watch out for that speaking of your friends to the end um there is a uh 
Who Will Survive drinking game that Christian had pointed out in your last Friends of the End till the end uh, podcast every time if you're if you're doing the drinking game on this episode you probably have died of alcohol poisoning so <laughs> if you if you want to know what i'm talking about go listen to the friends of the end and i'm gonna thank christian for pointing that out and, and creating a game out of it <laughs> yeah right um no that was fun we just had that was out this past week and then we just had our last interview with phil gidry from savage land just came out so if you missed those yes. make sure you check those out and uh, I think that's about it. I don't have any other guest spots or anything coming up in the immediate future. Uh, just been focusing on this podcast and watching a lot of movies. I know Friday the Thirteenth yes. is actually coming up, so I have to decide which movies. Yeah, I'm next Friday. Watch. Oh man! So uh, La- the last time I did, I took a, a page out of the toy photography book and I posted a bunch of uh, Jason, uh, you know, uh, toy, you know, in my my attempt at uh, toy photography right, with my right. iPhone out in the back on the yard. So I actually got the episode three i got um uh, episode three of jason in mm-hmm. so i'll be taking him out and maybe i'll do you know post some there you go stuff getting into it because it's fun man yeah yeah and uh for the meantime uh, i mentioned before uh keeping up with our instagram is at who will survive horror podcast uh, we have a like page on facebook that's at who will survive horror podcast and there's also a group under the same name I should probably change the name of the group so it's easier for people to tell the difference, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think that's about it. Just keep up with those. And um, Oh, we are also are going to be setting up something for people to... If you go on iTunes to our feed uh, for Who Will Survive Horror Podcast on iTunes, uh, you can subscribe there and, and get the shows. But if you leave a review, uh, when we get to 10 reviews, we're going to run... A, uh, a random drawing for two people out of those first 10 reviews to pick a movie for us to review on a show and we'll probably put both of them together on one show so it'll be like uh if you all you got to do is go put a review on itunes and make sure that we can tell who you are or what your name actually is or whatever in that so yeah. then we'll randomize it and if you win you get to pick one of the movies that we'll review for a show coming up so I would. I want to do it so bad. Uh, I. I want to take a, uh, a, a reviewer or a listener or a fan. Just can, just give us a movie to review. I yeah. want to do it. So if you want to get involved that way, it only takes a couple of minutes, and that would help us out a lot. I think there's already three or four on there. So. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, from when when we first got on, I know a couple of our friends went on and left reviews right away. So. So thank you for anyone that has, and if you already are on there, then we'll still count you. So it's just basically the first 10 people will get entered into that. So, And maybe we'll throw in an actual physical prize, too. Yeah, So why not? A bald-headed Ripley figure. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it might come a little bit burned after I blow it up a couple times. but <laughs> Hey, that's cool. <laughs> but all right, yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.
Oh yeah, he, my oddball choice might not even be oddball. It's just that uh, people might not. They, there might be some discussion of whether it's horror or not, but it's it's huge. In whether my it's mind. gay or not. Exactly. But the good gay, yeah. not the bad gay. <laughs> that gay. <for laughs> <the> <laughs> <laughs> Remember, Paul, if you use that in any kind of bloopers or outtakes, um, the you know you have to put it in context. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we're gonna lose listeners. <laughs> Optimistically writing down all of the things in a list that, like, maybe I'll get one small clip to represent oh, right. each yeah. thing and then, like, play it at some point during each one. But I might also not have enough time to do all that, so. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> you can't yeah. have your hands full.